Howard from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from down under outside Brisbane and Australia. It's episode 103 of the Primetime Jukebox. Tonight, Dave and I have made mixes for each other, and we're going to come back with our findings and chat about them. And as always, the Primetime Jukebox is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobaccos that have been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Promo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Promo's highly claimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Double-Aged 12-Year Vintage, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel-Aged, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70 and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And of course, we want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corolla leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age of Cigars, the Cuba is a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hammerstrom Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the JRE Tobacco Farming has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with JRE Tobacco, Julio and Husso bring their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Candela. And each represent that golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer, but sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And while I mentioned Tobacco Lurice, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco Lurice, great things are happening here. And finally, by Drew Estate. Dark, bold, and unapologetic. Black and Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, and darkest, heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The all-Maduro Black and Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for life's celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer, and remember all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of shows, as well as the studios for the Thursday California, the Thursday show in California. Wait, let's try again. The California studios on Thursday nights, sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. <laughs> well, welcome everybody. This is Primetime episode. Let's let's kind of get well, I'm really fun with that. This is Primetime Jukebox episode 103. Uh, today, there you go. Yeah, I got it right now. Today, actually, we're recording this. This is the beginning of July of 2023 on the eve of the PCA trade show. Uh, Will Cooper here. I am in the Podomo Cigar Studios um, here in the black stage with my head spinning a little, but uh, I'm, I'm ready to go. Trust <laughs> me. Uh, joined by my good friend uh, in the other hemisphere around the world, Mr. Dave Burke. Hello, Coop, man. 
Yeah, yeah got that, got I, that all out. Woo. Yeah, yeah. I just flubbed it, completely flubbed at the end, you know. Uh, and it was kind of weird. So, uh, it, it's you know what's it's funny? Yeah, actually, you're too worried about you're too worried about your Phillies. That's the problem. Yeah, they're up seven one on as brain. we speak. So we we think they're gonna lose. Uh, I, I've actually. Um, I made a mistake. I'm recording the show with the jersey on, so that's why I'm worried. Oh. The jersey has brought bad luck, so uh, we will hope. Has blue, it? But, but the blue hat has brought good luck. The blue hat has brought good oh, luck. Oh, some blue hat looks nice, by the Thank way. You. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, who are they playing? Are they playing the Mets? No, no, they're playing the okay. Nationals. The Nationals. Washington Nationals, but it could oh, be, it oh could, it, god, it, it could be worse. We could be Hector and the and Mets, and I actually, I'm at a point where I feel sorry for him. I really do, um, because I thought they'd be a good team. You know, I thought they had that 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 top of the rotation, and it's been a really hard year for him. I feel I do feel bad for him actually. Yeah, it's an odd, it's an odd thing. Uh, you know, in uh, equal. Equal reporting, the Mets are winning uh, at the moment against uh, Robbie Rass's uh, Giants, actually. Well, that's good news. You know, we don't want Gabe Kapler winning in many more games. So, Man, they're 10 below 500. I didn't know that. Oof. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 10 over. They're 10 over 500. Under, yeah. Oh, the Mets. You mean the Mets are? The Mets, yeah. Oh, yeah, the Mets. I thought you were talking about the Giants. Yeah, the, it's horrible. It's horrible. Yikes. Yeah. Um they weren't supposed to do this. I mean I gotta I, say Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Goop. I was gonna say I, you know, I wanted like Hector's Mets and you know Ben Lee's Braves. It's fun when we're all contending, you know, in the division. I don't want to see our guys actually, you know, down. So I feel bad in this case. I don't I, I don't like you which that I like when we're all good and we can really compete with each other. Yeah. Man, I gotta say this though. Uh uh my brewers are hanging in there. The um with the AL Central with the uh, Twins and the Twins are winning the division with a losing record. That is not good. It, but Matt Ty, I mean, I haven't listened to the Ugh. Minnesota sports report on his show, but I'm sure it's been like, you know, a topic. And, you know, oh, it's yeah. like when you go up there, right, and you see, like, watch a game. Like, I was watching a Timberwolves game where they got eliminated from the playoffs when I was up there last. There's like this. I, I think they're so immune to it and so accustomed to it. Oh, it's like that sigh. Oh, well, it's, it's, it's just our team. Uh, I felt bad. You know, I, uh, I, I would like to see the Timberwolves do good. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not rooting against me. This ain't me rooting against like Gabe Kapler here. Well, I do root against. Right. But so, I mean, I do, I do feel, <laughs> I do have some feelings here. Well, this is my, uh, this is my, my message to uh, Matt and Garrett who are listening to this. Uh, you know, um, if the Twins go in the playoffs losing the first round, then every men's professional men's sports team in Minnesota lost in the first round of the playoffs this year. Well, that's that's cool. <laughs> Vikings got pumped by uh, the Giants. Your, um, your Giants. We Timberwolves so- got out by uh, Denver yeah. in the first round. If we don't, you know, right. uh, Wild lost to Dallas, I think. Um, wild, I think lost. They lost in the first round. Oh yeah, first round. So if the if if the Twins go in there, every male sports team will get banged out in the first round, and they'll probably get the Yankees again, where they've lost to the last like you know six thousand. When was the last time Minnesota advanced in the playoffs? I think it was the Vikings. 
I want to say it was the Vikings when they when they lost yes. the Eagles. That's like five or six. Boy, they that's a rough. That's rough, and they really love this. Well, all, from there, they love their sports. America. Yeah. Because Kirk Cousins, it's when Kirk Cousins beat the Saints. Yeah. Win his first and only playoff game. God, I, I, I you talk wow. about someone who's performed less that has gotten so much money. Yeah. Oh my God, oh, that guy. Oh, I don't know. How, I, I mean, I mean, you know, way to go for him. But who? Wow. Yeah. He seems to have to have contracts right at the right time when. When bad teams really need quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. They exactly. could be like, hey, look at me. Oh, anyway, well, save that pay. for a football show, Coop. Yeah, no, we're planning a football show, by the way, guys, for on the jukebox uh, uh brand here. So um, I mean it's all moot because the giant uh surgeons giants are gonna go undefeated, run run through the playoffs when you know. Boy, the second the, the second the second Aaron Rodgers throws two picks in a game. I just can't oh, wait can to imagine? see Surgeon's face. <laughs> imagine if his first ball, right, his first pass is like a pick six or something. Oh, <laughs> oh. it will Brutal. be bad. It will be bad. Yes, it will be bad. I mean, make Bobby um, Brister throwing the shovel pass on the Rich Cotite in the 90s. Oh. That'd be the worst play in Jets history. Oh. One of the worst trades in Jets history. Or the or the uh, the butt fumble was that was a Jets wasn't it? Well, he that was the Giants. The butt fumble the was the Giants. Jets. Yeah, we were the Giants. We oh. had the butt fumble. Pushartik did that. Yeah. Oh no, the the no, I'm talking about um that old USC quarterback. Oh, what am I saying? Yeah, Mark Sanchez. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, was Sanchez. Sanchez. it was Sanchez. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure people are gonna get an email on that. I yes, remember. Yeah. I remember watching that game, and I'm like, man. Yeah. That is not good. Yeah. Oh man. Ah, oh, but Coop, here we are, man. Here we are. Uh this is the final podcast I'm recording before PCA. Yes. So yeah. when when do you when do you touch down at the compound? Uh I actually land in Las Vegas on July fourth, but we will not be opening the compound until July sixth. And it was simply a uh convenience of flying deal. So I'm gonna be in a hotel for a couple of days. But on Thursday, uh the sixth, we will be opening the compound. Nice. So, oh, can't wait for compound news. Yeah, we're gonna we'll definitely have some cool stuff going on there for sure. Uh, but um, speaking of news, Coop. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yep, I'm, I'm all done. I was just, I was just gonna jump into music news because there's tons of music news. Tons. <laughs> tons. Yes, there is. Um, yeah. So got some reviews up on the site to so check that out. One of them, I made a couple of late changes to the show notes. Okay. Uh, late for late for me, early for Coop. He's probably read them all already. Um, but uh, yeah, if you want to check, you know, go to cigarjukebox.com, check out the reviews, send us an email at cigarjukebox at gmail.com. But uh, new reviews out on the site. One of the songs I put on your um mix or one of the I know I know I know I know it was because I'm like I had not heard of this song before and I wasn't super familiar with the band but I knew some of this stuff so I'm like is this a deep cut no it's very new actually this month it dropped yeah Yeah. so I know we'll be getting to that yeah uh T Swift is coming to Australia Coop that's why I got the hat boo so Taylor Swift the Eras tour 
Wow. So, and this you have coming in. Tic- you have procured tickets. I I did. <laughs> I was one of the lucky few. I had pre-sale. Couldn't even get in to the purchasing window for pre-sale. So this is all stats from pre-sale. So Taylor Swift is coming. The Aeros Tour is coming in February. She's only playing in Sydney and Melbourne. They added two no two new shows. She sold out all of them. Now, here's some stats from the pre-sale. Okay. So by the time they went on sale for Sydney, which was 10 o'clock a couple days ago, there was an estimated 4 million people in the queue to get the tickets in the line. That's 15% of Australia's population. Yeah, and only 5% of that would get the tickets. Yeah. Australia's only a country of 33 million people. Goop. And four million were on now. Some of those could have been people with multiple screens and whatever. Right, right. But there was four million for roughly two hundred thousand tickets. It's pretty. That's and this pretty wasn't impressive. even the. This wasn't even the general sale. This was the pre-sale where you needed right. to be a member of the of the touring website and have a special code and all that. Right. Wow. Um. So she announced two extra shows. So we got four shows in Sydney, three shows in Melbourne. I got tickets to the Sydney show. Thank you very much. Um, so it's a forty. So the the set list for past shows it's forty four songs. She has an opening act, which is insane. Like I don't know how why you have an opening act. Like she's gonna yeah, be like. She needs time to do her hair. Her. I mean, she needs time to do her hair. I mean, come on, <laughs> man. Forty four songs, which is crazy. Um. Because I, I was thinking about it, Coop. I think it's the biggest concert in Australia since the Beatles in 64. Or probably for here, this is more regional or in excess or Crowded House's last concert. <laughs> yeah, I would. Was pretty big. I'd put it up there with those. And I am familiar with she how sold big those out. She sold out every show. And could yeah. have sold out more. What? She's- they yeah. sold roughly like 650, 700,000 in a country of only 33 million people. <laughs> if you if you were like putting and I know I'm putting you on a spot here, price wise, I know it's what what about what was the average cost of a ticket? You say? See, here's the thing. You Americans, where you can where you can take this. So we got middle tier seats. So we got middle of the road. Right. These are stadium seats. So that's seats. the best. But not entry. Yeah, they're all stadium seats. Like, it's all stadium. Uh, not middle of the road. Not entry. Um, it, it was middle of the road. Yeah, it was 150 bucks. Very so reasonable. Ticket, That's about, yeah. Tickets ranged from the lowest ticket to get in was 80. Mm-hmm. And the highest was, I think as high as the, now this is, they were like VIP packs. I'm not counting those. Right. Um. The highest just straight up ticket, I think, was like 400, 500, something like that. Yeah. And that's Australian dollars, 150, right? Yeah. Australian dollars. So, so, so that's about, it's about be... $99 US. So I just figured out. Yes. Yeah. That's a reasonable price yep. ticket these days, I would say. Very reasonable. That's not over. And there's, and there's lots of, there's lots of laws around reselling here. So a lot of them aren't going to, we're not going to get those like, right. $2,000 a ticket sort of thing because like you can't sell them essentially. Um, so when yeah, is, so I, I yeah, thought that was 
pretty good. Yeah, when's the show? February, like twenty so fourth or something. So after we do our Super Bowl show, uh, I'm sure we're gonna have Taylor some sort of a Taylor Swift show <laughs> up with this. Oh, I could see the. Um, I can't wait. Yeah, I could see either um a post game report or you know I'm sort of pre and post game. So um and then we'll get right into PCA in late March. So. <laughs> But this, so Dave, so Dave's but got I, the Super Bowl, and then he's got Taylor Swift, and yeah. uh, and who knows who? Like, maybe he'll luck out and have someone perform the Super Bowl like, that he likes again this year. So hey, yeah, hey, I see. I can't think of. I was talking to my wife about this. I can't think of an of a recent tour that's been so big worldwide like because no. she sold out everywhere in the u.s it was huge i mean my company had tickets uh for because we have a, a, a sponsorship group at metlife stadium and believe me those we those tickets were in demand for like customers and stuff like that it's a, it was a big deal um and i mean i a, can't you you too maybe when they came out with their uh their pop tour maybe it's not I can't think of a recent one. I can't think of a recent one that sold out like across the world. No, like, I I mean I remember the Victory Tour by the Jacksons in the '80s was really big, and that was a stadium concert series. Van yeah. Halen, but they tend to do arenas. They weren't stadiums. They would do Van Halen. The, the Stones are big, but you usually can get a ticket. Is what I'm saying. You I mean, you have to go back to like the 60s with Zeppelin and the Beatles and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's with pricing of concert tickets, and it's gotten more difficult. And now you people can watch more live music on 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 streaming channels. I think it's it's mm. it's harder these days. But what I will say is, I am not a fan of a stadium concert. I usually prefer an arena concert. Mm. Not that I haven't gone. Mm. Not that I haven't because I have gone to. I saw the police. Uh, I've been, uh, you know, so I have seen you too. I've seen in stadium, so I will go, but I do prefer. Obviously, I, mm. I, I like the more intimate. Obviously, the better is what I'll say. Yeah, yeah. She's gonna play three sold out shows. Each show is gonna be a hundred thousand people. Yeah, it's it's gonna be. She's gonna have the biggest concerts in Australian history. Yeah, I, I think what we're gonna insane. do. I think, I think what we're doing is sending some cash. We'll get Tuna or a Swifty shirt. I'll have you pick up. A ah, oh, Swifty. we'll send it to. Yeah, I'll, I'll pay for it. Get him one. I think he could. I think he could use one. So we'll get to. Uh, we'll get Swift. to the Swifty shirt. Yeah, but that's the thing. Four million. So, like I said, fifteen percent of the population yeah. was online trying yeah. to. Get yeah, yeah, which is insane. No, I know. I know. I mean, she probably could have released two more shows, and those would sell out. Yeah. Um, because the way the way it's happening is she's sort of stopping off in Australia before she does. The Asian part of the tour, right? So she's sort of swinging in. I think from Europe, probably swinging in, doing Australia for like she's going to be in Australia for like a week and a half, ten days or something, and then swing out and do Asia. Yep. But uh, but listen to this music. Uh, the last eighteen months of live music um, that I'm going to experience here, Coop. Uh huh. So we had Harry. Then Harry started happened. Yep. In a couple of weeks, we got Lizzo. Yep. I know, you're, go I know you're very excited about that. I'm going to Lizzo very report. Very excited for that. Yep. Then we're going to see the chicks. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they're coming. <laughs> I'm going to see them. Uh, 
I've already seen Lord, saw Lord right. as well, and now right. we're gonna see Taylor Swift. It's insane. We got to inject a little testosterone into these concerts for you. So Dave's gonna look do at that. that. For us. <laughs> so look Dave's gonna that. inject some testosterone in there. <laughs> look at all those shows. I can't wait. That's I big, big. Wait. Yeah, no, I think it's good. Show. It's great. Um, it's great for you. Yeah. So exciting! I stuff. don't know why it's been. It's probably been the biggest. It's the biggest concert year in Australia in a very long time. Yeah. Usually we get one or two big acts a year. Never like five. Now who do we you had go Ed with? Sheeran came out around Harry too. Yeah, Ed Sheeran was down there. Yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah. yeah. And Bruce is coming down there, isn't he? Bruce coming down at some point. I'd have to look. Probably. I thought Bruce is coming. He's been next here year. before. Yeah. Could be. Tickets so, might not have been on sale yet. Yeah. Is the thing. Now, who do you normally go to the concerts with? Ah, uh, so my wife and I are going right. to, to all these, really. Okay, and then so my, my so daughter as well. This is Cigar Jukebox. Oh, family, good family deal. That's nice. That's really nice. Yeah, good for you. Good family outing. Usually, most of, most of the concerts are my daughter and I. Right. That's kind of how um, it was depending, and how occasionally go, yeah. Depending on the show. Like, it's like if it's Bruce Springsteen, like, my daughter, she ain't going to want to go. Yeah, it doesn't look so, like he's touring I'll, in Australia. I was wrong on that. So we saw him. When did we see him? A couple years ago? Five years ago, maybe? I um, remember when you saw him. I do remember when you saw him. Like, Lord, my wife and I went with a couple friends of ours. We went and saw Lord. Um, Jody, my daughter, was not having any of that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but she saw, we saw Harry. She's going to see Taylor. She's excited, excited for Lizzo. She's not coming to the chicks, though. She no. draws the line there. There's no but, chicks. Uh, I'm, I'm going. Oh, I know you are. Wait. I know you are. Oh. And that it's interesting because of COVID, right? That chicks tour is like the Gaslighter album, which was like, what, two years ago that came out? Oh, that may be longer, Dave. Maybe three? Gaslighter So. Album. That's uh, it's a long, it's a long time in between drinks there. Oh, the the, and that was a long time before when Gaslighter came out, twenty twenty, Dave. Yeah, I was right. And they hadn't wow. done an album in over ten. That was a long time before they did an That's album. That's like seventeen years or something. Yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty was Gaslighter. Yeah. Oh, so that so yeah so a couple of these shows have been delayed, which is probably why we're getting all of them now. But yeah, that was the big news that took the country by storm. Dave participated. Was, uh, Dave was right in it again. Taylor Swift. I, I, you know, I'm glad you got, got tickets because you might have been. <laughs> I would have been worried if you didn't get the tickets of your state of mind. So. What? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what? What drove everybody insane? And this is like a discussion for a bit, another time. It's like, how do you run fairly online ticket sales? Because you used to just uh, line up at the at the ticket tech or whatever. Yeah, you wait. Up, yeah, you wait on. You get up. You get up. Yeah. You wait. You go out online all night. Um, yeah. done, done it many you times. And, and when my dad couldn't come through with concert tickets because he had, was he was my connection, then we'd have to resort to waiting online. And we did it. Yeah. 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 So, but now you got the virtual online, and uh, you got the first thing I deal with all the bots that they got to get rid of those. Yep. And then the way they did it here is that everybody got in this like lounge. Uh huh. And instead of picking people based on what like what time they logged on, it was just at random. Right. So you could have been on for five hours online, gotten picked, 
consequently, someone could have gotten picked that came online like 10 minutes ago when you've been waiting for six hours and they got picked over you. Yep. And so it's this weird sort of how they how they sort it out. Um, but yeah, so a lot, a lot of uh, there'll be a lot of uh, concert reviews coming up soon. Um, Dolly Parton, Coop, we got to talk Dolly. There's talk of her getting nominated for for a rock Grammy. I'm not surprised this, this based on what's been released. I'm not surprised. I think they're going to find a way to get her a nomination. I, I'd be shocked if they don't. But yeah, but that's been the that's been the latest talk on Dolly is getting the getting a rock. Uh, yeah, a I'm rock just trying to, I'm trying to think which songs that would be the ones that are out so far. I mean, I guess it could be any one of those. I mean, I think um, it's the one magic, maybe uh, magic the one that Man, a world on fire. They were ta- the one I was seeing that they're talking about is the one that they've done with. Um, she did with the uh, Judas Priest guy. Rob, Rob, uh, yeah, yeah. Which That's the one that? I've seen sort of bandied about. Which, which was the one that it, I'm trying to remember the name of that song now. Oh, it is. Oh, I don't remember the name of his. I, I have the list here. Um, but why is it not showing up on my? Uh, uh, oh no, no, no. Uh, it's thirty songs. I'm like, it's just yeah, it's not. Putting... Oh, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. And most of them are collaborations that she's doing. Uh, oh, uh, bygones. Yes, that's the one with Nikki Six. Yes, that's the one with Nikki Six. Yes, with Rob Halford and Nikki. So Six. we'll see. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um, but there's that's the talk anyway. Yeah. I mean, I actually the one I want to see the the song, Dave, and I think this is the one I really want to see, and it's not Purple Rain. I want to see the I want to see satisfaction that she's going to do a pink. The only problem is I don't know why Brandy Carlisle is uh, in that. I just wish they would. I wish Brandy Carlisle would go away from that one. I, I, think, okay. I think pink. I think pink would be great to do that song. That's why I'm just not a Brandy Carlisle guy. I'm sorry. I just think she's highly <laughs> overrated. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah, Lizzo, uh... Lizzo's doing Stairway to Heaven, so. Uh... Oh. Yeah. God. Uh, so we'll I see. I mean, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't, I would not doubt for a second she will have a Grammy nomination. It's probably already been planned by someone. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. But Please. no, that's all the music news. Lots of lots of concert news. Yep, lots of concert news down under. Good job, Dave, with that. Um. So. Uh, I'll turn to cigar news right now. Uh, there's oh, a lot. Be, there's just like releases left and right. Yeah, I'm not going to go through all the releases, but I'll highlight a few things um, that, that I think folks will be interested in. Um, you probably heard, and most folks have heard, Drew Estate is coming back to the trade show in 2024, which will be the spring mm. show. So that's big news. Now three of the four, three of the big four are back. Davidoff's the lone holdout, and I think people aren't seeing Davidoff coming back anytime soon. So I think if Davidoff came back next year, it would be a surprise. Mm. Yep. Um, the details we broke this news actually yesterday. Uh, the Tatawai NFT details have come out. I saw that. Yeah, really. I, I think Abe did a great job on this. So obviously, there's going to be a bidding process for these NFT packages, um, which is going to give you the right to buy uh, 
15 boxes a quarter of the Tatawai Anarchy. Um, so you mm. can buy it if you're personal. If you're retail, you can buy it and resell it. It's up to you. Uh, that's a, a pretty legendary cigar. I don't know if you've had it, but it is mm. a fantastic mm-hmm. cigar. Uh, along it, they're, they're going to have matching artwork, an ST DuPont lighter. Uh, a humidor is going to be packaged with it. A cutter, like one of these Zycar cutters that I have here. But the back, okay. but the back is solid, so they call it the Zycar Perfect Cut, oh. and it's going to debut with that, right? Uh there's a crystal ashtray in there, uh, and then there's some bonus cigars, which is called the Pale Horse, which is kind of a derivative of the Anarchy mm-hmm. with a with a Claro wrapper, a light wrapper on it, which I've had it before. So it's a nice package. They're collaborating with Zycar, St. Dupont, and uh, Smoke In. So uh, I doubt we will be able to afford these. Uh, NFTs, <laughs> so, uh, but but they are pretty cool. I think they did, and they're gonna have that at the trade show. That will be uh, displayed at the trade show. Um, good it's news. Interesting. I thought, I thought NFTs were sort of going away, but uh they might be. They're back. Yeah, I think this is more about bidding for the package in this one, though, as opposed to bidding uh, for the right. NFT. Yeah, I think the NFT is something they'll give you with that, but I think the package is where everyone's looking at this right now. Um, all right, Dave, I'll give you the nice. crown heads update. Uh, the four kicks mule kick 2023 is been announced. It's going to come out at the show this year. Mm, uh, uh, what, yeah. What you want to know about that? Uh, it has a Sumatra wrapper, but they made some big changes internally to the cigar. The mule kicks always been right. Nicaraguan, but they're going to have a, a much more of a dose of Dominican, uh, Dominican on the binder and Dominican uh, and Nicaraguan in the filler. Hmm. I always and, love the mule kicks. Yeah. I always like that cigar. Yeah, I think kind of again, it's a fun one to compare. I, I, I smoked the Mexican one last year. I really liked it. So and that's always a five and seven ace by fifty two cigar toro that they do. Mm-hmm. And then there's a sampler, Dave, of a Juarez sampler, but and they're gonna have a new size. It's gonna have all the sizes of Juarez, but it's gonna have a four by fifty eight size called Ferdinand. Okay. Yep. So and and I'm I'm interested in that because We've talked about this. I think Crown Heads does better with mm. some of the big ring gauges with their stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have. We're all and we're both we're both big fans of the Juarez cigar. Great, great value point. And you know that that five pack, you're gonna be able to get that five pack um for twenty nine bucks. That's that's a that's a hell of a deal. Oh. Yeah, six dollar yeah. average cigar. That's you can't beat that. Uh I'll just read a couple of these other ones because there's a lot. Um, oh, uh, Aganorsa leaf. This is for you, Dave. There's a new lunatic coming out. A 10 Y one. I saw but, that. Yeah. Yep. 10 by so, a, what? <laughs> 10 by 100. Uh, so we'll have to get one of those for Seth as well. Um, they're going to be $40 a piece. They're going to be sold in individual coffins and they're not going to, they're going to be, you order them individually. So you don't order them by like a box of 10. They're only sold individually. No. And there's going to be 2,500 of those. And Dave, they'll sell every one of those at the trade show. You reckon? You think so? like who buys those? They do. They the nine Dave when the asylum came up at the nine by nineties, they flew off the shelves down here. There's a market for Man, it. Man, who? How can you smoke it? I what it's at least r- I'll say about this is they put a Bellicoso tip on it. Like the nineties, they... I need to talk to a uh, cigar person. Like I don't even know how they burn with all that tobacco. Terrible. Like, how does that even I, burn? The ninety, the ninety was look. I haven't put the review out of the ninety. 
flavor wise, it's fine, but it's impo- It's too hard to draw on it. It's too. It, the combustion wasn't great. So, eighties have burned. I've had eighties burn very good for me. Ninety, the ninety just says I've smoked a couple of those nineties now. They gave me some problems. Oof! I just there's so much tobacco in there. Like how do you anyway? Yeah, people buy it though, so good for them, I guess. Yep. Uh, and then just what's interest for you? Uh, Foundation has a line called Matapa coming out. It's kind of like the Olmac mm-hmm. with a Claro or Maduro, but it's gonna use Sumatra wrapper. All right. Yep. And then they have an extension to Tabernacle called the Night Commander. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a perfecto of six and three quarters by fifty two, with some higher level packaging, and it's the Night Commander because Nick Malo was given the title of Night Night Commander by the by the Ethiopian government, which is kind of like a knighthood type of thing. Uh, and Jeez. what he's what he's doing with that is he's basically made a cigar. He's putting some nicer packaging on it, and he's charging more for it. But all the proceeds are going to Ethiopian charities. So huh. you know it's going to be more money, but I think there's a reason why he's charging mm. more money. He's not he's not he's not profiting off of that. But I think he thinks he can obviously he has a blend and a package he could put together to help some of these charities. So I think it's, I, I, I Nick's a really Nick's a great guy. So we all love Nick. So I think I actually want to mm. support him on that and get a few of those cigars. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Uh, and then, like I said, I'll put the rest of the the link to all the PCA news on Coop, because uh, we we have stuff coming. All I, I, there's more stories I haven't even published this weekend. So, and then we did the virtual trade shows on Coop, so you can hear from all the mm-hmm. manufacturers who came on, uh, including Steve Sacco, who came on at midnight and went for another ninety minutes, yes. <laughs> as he always does. Jesus. So that yeah. was a long show. We were, and then and, oh, and after the show with Steve. We were in the green room with Steve for another hour. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. But he was full of information. He was on fire. He was grumpy. It was good. Yeah. Not mad at us. Oh. Still a surly, not surliness. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have grumpy Steve, man. Grumpy, grumpy Steve is always the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told him, I said, we book, we always book our appointment with Sock on the last day because he's extra grumpy and like, he's oh. dealing with the show all week and we get the best content. Oh, him. yeah. 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 Oh, I can imagine. Yep. Uh so all right. Um, hey, let's go to this next thing, Dave, because I'm excited to talk about this developing palettes uh review of the week. So developing palettes review of the week. We haven't done it in a while because we've had like really stock shows to sort of back. But it's the HPC selection number one natural Esquilales. I can't even. I can't Essentiales. Say Essentiales. Essentiales. Yeah, yeah. They really, they, they really liked it. Except, except. Well, except, yeah. Seth, most I call, I smoke this cigar. It's fantastic, Dave. It's a, one mm. of the best HBC. And it's using a bottle. Yeah. I called Seth. Oh, I messaged Seth. Like, Seth's been tough to get hold lately. And, and I said, have you smoked this? And he's like, I'm going to. And then he smoked it. And he's like, you're not kidding. This is one of the best cigars that he's done. Um, oh, yeah. I, I I really liked it a lot. I really enjoyed that cigar. Um, well, that's like, I mean, the I, way you're talking about it, it's like cigar of the year potential. I mean, other than um, Aaron, I think. but Yeah, I, I think it's top 10 potential for me. I, I'll have the review probably come up after PCA. So you've had, I don't know if you've had the selection number one. I think I might have smoked it on one of these shows. It's a it's a Maduro. It's really strong. Mm-hmm. This one's a uh, a Habano wrapper. It's came down quite a bit. 
Right. And, yep. Yeah. So, you know, you know, and, and, but but I want to say I think Aaron wrote something interesting on it. Oh, let me just pull. I pulled up the review here because I wanted to put that comment. He said uh, he said. No, it wasn't on this review. I thought he was kind of willing to give it a second shot. He said, nah, he's not. He likes the original better. Right. Yeah. But uh, he, Aaron gave it a 5.85. Seth gave it a, a 7.42. McTavish gave it a 6.57. And June gave it a 6.82. So the outlier was Loomis on this one. As, yeah, as, no, no, Seth loved it. I, I know Seth really liked it, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I said try. I love. I'm a big fan of the hot cake. Oh yeah, and the hot so, cake's got Connecticut coming out mm, at the trade show. Yeah, I the love hot... the love the hot cake. So I'm excited to try some other some other HVC. You know, I should send you a hot cake in the sixty, Dave. I think it's really good. So and Stogie Sander agrees with me. He thinks the best size of that's the sixty. So we are on the same page with that. That surprisingly, he does a very good sixty huh. ring gauge. Huh. About to check it out. Yep. But he's on a roll. Uh, Rainier's on a roll at HVC right now. He is really in the. Yeah. I think he's becoming the hottest blender in, of the small guys right now. Uh, especially since he's opened okay. his factory. He just seems really. He's gone. You know, I wonder, you know, when we leave this fact, he's going to really establish factory, but he clearly knew what he was doing here. And I and from what I heard, he's still getting the tobacco mm. from Aganorsa. So I think that helps. Certainly. He's got good tobacco. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh any other cigar news? No, Group I think we're, like I said, I think like to... yeah, I think we'll hold. I think everything else is. Uh, I don't think there's anything else that we. Yeah, there's a lot to cover, so it'd be like picking and choosing, and we could go on for a couple hours. So yeah. I'm not gonna do that, but I'll put the link into <laughs> all the PCA news. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check out Cigar Coop, man. He's all over it. Yep. You gotta check it out. Yep. I got a bit of a throwback cigar today, Coop. I was excited about it. This is a good I've, cigar. Yeah. This is a cigar I've had with Coop before during the um, cigar jukebox days. Yes, I, I know. We've, I remember we we had a show on a Coop corner or something like that with this. The old Coop corner. Yeah. And it's the Big Ivan from uh, Skull and yeah. Bones. Yeah, Skull and Bones. Big Ivan. It's a 60. Um, I, Yeah. Yeah. So I've had, I've been hit and miss with Skull and Bones Coop. Agree. I have to say. Um, but I did really like the original Big Ivan we had forever ago. So when they re-released it, I was like, oh, I got to pick this up again. So here it is. So I have a bit of a throwback today in our mixed day. So it's the, I'm going with the Big Ivan. I haven't had VIA on the show in a while either. So Yeah, no, um, it's been a while. Yeah. I think the last one we really did was that banner was like the Hulk banner one Hulk or whatever. One, the Hulk one, yeah. Which was quite good. Yeah. So yep, we'll see. So. Well, hopefully this one will be good. But like, because like I said, they've been hit and miss for me. Um, which I think is sort of the consensus around the skull and bones now, isn't it? Really? Yeah. And they did a cloud maker as well, which I think yes. is slightly. And the cloud makers have been really inconsistent, unfortunately. The big Ivan's always perform well, but that Cloudmaker, the first time it came out, was great, and this then they re-released it, and some of these re-releases just don't live up to it. No, so we'll see yeah. how this how this yep. one goes. What do you yep. what do you got? All right, I'm going with. I don't have a. I'm not tying this in with tonight's show. Uh so I have a very new cigar out. I have the McAuliffe Black. Oh, 
I have smoked. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that cigar. Yeah, I've smoked the Toro. Uh, this is the Robusto. So this is a very new cigar. It only hit the shelves about earlier this month. It's going to be the featured cigar at uh, PCA with McAuliffe. Uh, this is intended to be a, a very strong. It is a strong cigar. Um, and they, I, like I said, I smoked the Toro and had really good results with it. So I'm going to smoke the Robusto tonight. Uh, very reasonably priced cigar, Dave. It's under ten dollars. And I actually think oh, that's, it's, that's and I actually, if it's anything like the Toro, it's one of the better performing cigars. I they've really put a lot into this. They've been really investing in getting better tobacco lately. And uh McAuliffe's come a long way in the last few years. So uh, they put a lot of hard work, and I'm excited to smoke this on jukebox tonight. I'm, I'm can't wait to fire it up, which I'm gonna do right now. Mm-hmm. I'm excited because I've seen it around. Yeah, I want to get you. Uh, I'll be excited to hear what you think. I think you'll like this cigar. I really do. All right. All right. Let's let's uh let's get let's get into this coop. Yes. Yes. Let's get the meat potatoes here. Yep. So this is idea from Coop, which I love. Yep. It's the old mix. Right. The old mixtape. So this is a bit bit of fun. This is my sort of. And my mindset going into it for Coop here. Um, so I want to have some tracks. So this is what I was thinking, because we're going mixtape. Yeah. And we're, we're kind of doing it in the vein of the like out of your comfort zone. Yeah. But uh, which Coop suggested. Um, but I wanted to go with bands tracks I thought you'd like, but you might not have heard of the track. Yep. So I got. I went with a couple deep cuts, or maybe not even deep cuts for some of them, but like songs maybe that you're like, oh, I love that song, but we haven't listened to it yep. in a while or whatever. Yep. And then I wanted to go with a mix of other track tracks from bands you may have never heard of at all. Yep. Or if you have, it's been very passing. So, so yeah. So I kind of went with a bit of a mix because I didn't want to make the mix. I didn't want to make the mix like a whole all bands you've never heard of. Same here, yeah. Um, because I just think that would be like overkill. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I love doing it. I've got a bunch of tweaks to it. Like I've I've had a couple different drafts, but the final one was the one in the that I sent you uh-huh. on the link. Um, but yeah, I I uh I'm excited, and we decided to go thirteen songs because I talked to Coop, and I was like, traditionally when you when I made a mixtape or a mix CD, thirteen songs was about. Right, right, yeah. The max. So this is sort of trying to get to the, you know, the authentic. Yep. About it. I used to do, I had, like, you know, you'd burn your CD or whatever. But I had I had a CD player and recorder that I hooked up to, that you could hook up through the stereo. So I could burn, like, TV and movie quotes on the CDs and then put those, like, in between songs. Like, it was this big thing. Yeah, I remember that. Yes, I remember that. So I I, uh, I had like a mix, uh, which you don't do nowadays. Nowadays right. you just send people links to playlists, but it was it was a whole thing back in the day. So what was your sort of mindset coming into it, Coop? Well, the idea came to me when I was driving to Florida uh, last week, and, I, and that's when I messaged you. I said I had put a playlist together. I put about 150 songs on the playlist, and as I'm going through this, my I just started thinking. I wonder if Dave heard this song. Maybe Dave, ha- you know, would Dave like this song? Um, what would Dave think of this song? You know, I was kind of starting it, so I went to Dave and I messaged. Him, I said, "Hey, I got an idea for an offshoot of um, 
an offshoot of the uh, comfort zone thing. It's kind of where I want to just put a list together of songs. You put a list of songs together for me. And we basically evaluate what we thought of those songs. It's a very simple. It's we make the mixtape up, like you said, of uh, thirteen songs, and we we go to the other person. Now, I'm not expecting Dave to love every one of these songs. Uh, I'm not. I don't think Dave's expecting me to love every one of his. But 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 uh, you know, no. uh, but I think there'll be things we find, and I think there's gonna be some good surprises uh, just from what I've looked at it in the notes. Um, and Dave was like, "I'm in," and so, oh yeah, you know, and like I said, it was, it was just like I said, I was really. So I went with, I went with stuff that Dave's a little, Dave is really, Dave can go deeper a lot of times with me with music. So I had to figure this one out. Uh, so there's some <laughs> deep cuts I have in here. I do have some deep cuts. Mm. I do have some one hit wonder things in here. Uh, and I do have some mm. things that Dave is going to be challenged from the comfort zone with. And I know there's a couple he threw in for me with the same type of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think we were in the same vibe of, of that. I also, Tried to order these the best I wanted to on here. Um, you know, I, I, I did put something mm. into the ordering mm -hmm. of this as well. Uh, well, I tweak, could I tweak the ordering? Yes, I probably could have tweaked the ordering. Uh, but all these songs are songs that I really, that I yeah. picked are ones I really like. So, uh, and I'll say this as we go mm. through it, there's a lot of things with Dave's. I, Dave did a great job because I, I picked up a lot along the way with what he did as well. Oh yeah, and I and the the best part of a mix is that I got some bands I've never heard of that I loved. So I, ooh, got some new music and some music from like bands that are like, oh, you know, I know that band, but I haven't listened to them in a long time. So it's just like, right. wow, it's good to hear. Yeah, hear them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we got the good thing about this from a show perspective is we touch multiple genres, all these different bands. We could talk about album construction. It's got it all. Yeah, so it's great, great topic, Coop. Yep. No, I think it was good. I think, like I said, we. Um, I already, could, I'm already thinking of a second list to do for you, and I think you probably have thought that as well. So I think yeah, we'll probably yeah. do oh, a few yeah. of these oh, yeah, yeah. down the road, as well as more oh, comfort yeah. zones. I think we'll go back and do another comfort zone artist thing because those are fun to do as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the way we're gonna do this is a bit odd in the sense that, like, I'm gonna go first, but I'm going with a track that Coop. Yeah, and I'll give you some context sense. why I picked the track and everything too. So I think we'll have some yeah. discussion along that. Yes, but yeah. that's so. Yeah, it's I picked the song, but Dave's gonna actually talk about it. Yeah, so I'll start it off. So I did all my notes for these tracks like in real time as I was listening to the song. Yep. Um, just to get my initial. Yep. So this is the the Garland Jeffries Coney Island Winter. Uh, so I think I this is an amazing. It's a great opening track. Yeah, I really love this track. I put on this. I think this was the standout track for me on the whole I, mix. I was hoping you were going to say like that. My favorite. That, that was my pick. I did. He has not heard this song. He is in this. I don't know if he heard of Garland Jeffrey, oh. but he needed to check this out. When yes, oh. no, it's great. Uh, it has a sort of folky feel. Great storytelling. I put here a bit of that Dylan Soho vibe. I put down. Uh, I love it. It kind of reminds me of the band The Hold Steady. Uh -huh. From uh, Minnesota, if you've ever listened to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. Standout track for me. I was really surprised. In Like, you know, first track off of the bang. Haven't really heard it. Loved it. Loved well, this track. I, I thought you would. Uh, the idea was exactly what I needed to do with this is to is to hook you, right, with an opening track. Um, oh, I, I the story you, with Garland Jeffries. Uh, by the way, he just turned 80 years old today. 
Oh, not today. This week. This week. This past week, he turned eighty years old. Um, but this. So this song was released when he was sixty-nine years old in two thousand eleven. Uh, he, he's a guy who's been on the New York music scene for a long time. He kind of stepped away from it for a while. And in 2011, he did a comeback album. Um, mm-hmm. And it was on that comeback album. Uh, it was called The King of In-Betweens, the album. Coney Island Winter was on it. Now, where did I first hear this song? I was in a cab in New York City, right? And I know you have those smart cabs where you have the little uh, – yeah, I don't know if you've seen them in Australia, but mm-hmm. like you go in a cab in New York, they have these little entertainment centers with TVs now. Yeah, yeah. And this thing happens to come on. This the video happens to come on for this. I'm like, this is a freaking amazing, amazing track, right? Um, and mm. it was probably my record of the year that year. I I and, um I put it on the mix, and I'm like, Dave's this is so this is like Dave's got to hear this. One. I I said if Dave doesn't like this one, there's no hope. Is all I just kept saying. It's- <laughs> I just said there's no way he'll. And some of these other ones, I, I I know he wasn't. He might not like, but this one, I I had to go with this a one. winner with Dave on this one, so I did. Good call, man. Yep. Yeah, what's uh you pick the one that I uh pick for you, the number one here. Yep, yep. So uh the track uh is Gimme a Bullet, the artist is A C D C. Now Ooh-hoo. I didn't know if I, I had no inkling if Dave was gonna go with A C D C or not, right? But what in fact Dave really surprised me with the artist he went with because I thought I'd have like Taylor Swift on there and uh you know the chicks, <laughs> but but yeah, no, but but uh I wasn't surprised by the fact that he picked a Bon Scott song. Mm-hmm. Um and the and, oh, the real ACDC, yeah. my friend. Yeah, and this is on the um the power is it the power album? I think this is off of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a quintessential ACDC track. Um, I would put it like I wouldn't put it necessarily on Mount Rushmore, but I think it's a track that's in that safe zone. That whether you're a heavy ACDC fan or a casual ACDC fan. You're gonna like this song. I mean, you got a little bit of the Angus Young guitar where he's gonna duck walk. You know, you could duck walk yeah, along yeah, with yeah. Angus Young on yeah. this one. I hadn't listened to this song in a very, very long time, and when I say very long time, I'm talking maybe 30 years. Okay, I just hadn't listened to this album in a long time, so it was great to go listen to this, and I really kind of enjoyed it. Uh, I've always been a little more of the Brian Johnston era of ACDC. And it got me enough where I went back and listened to other tracks on this album afterwards. So great pick, great track. Uh, you can't go wrong with uh, "Give Me a Bullet" by ACDC. It's, it's quintessential ACDC, is what I'm gonna say. It's quintessential. Yeah, ACDC. yeah, yeah. I gl- glad you liked it. Yeah, I, as you as you guessed, I am a Bon Scott guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wanted a good opening track, much like you. I want something to kick it off. Yep. And so I thought ACDC, perfect. Yep. I want something with like a good opening couple riffs um and i guess i wanted to go to well i didn't have like taylor swift and that on there or beyonce or whatever is i wanted to go with bands i haven't had i haven't talked about like i, I tried to do i tried to do a little show. of that too actually i actually tried to do the same thing i'm like oh. uh so his, the next one we got here is we got uh was it ian matthews with shake it Ian Matthews, shake it. Yep. Oh, this is great. It's a very Miami vibe. I love the cover of this album. Oh, yeah. Uh, it has this very Miami vibe to it, which I love. It's got this really yachty pop vibe, like a very yacht rock song. Um, I loved it. Love the groove. 
I, I've never heard of this song before, so um, no, it was a great. It was I loved it. I love the vibe of it. I love a bit of the yacht rock every now and then. That vibe. Yeah. So uh, it was it was great. I really enjoyed this song a lot. Uh, Ian Matthews. This was a 1978 uh, song. I don't think it charted really well, but it kind of in really, but it actually kind of I think down the road ended up. Um, I should say I think the album didn't chart well. I think the song actually did chart. Uh, mm. I shouldn't so many correct that. Okay. Um, but um, it uh, just looking here at that, it did chart in the U.S. kind of well. Okay, so it hit the top forty. Uh, it hit the top forty. It didn't chart well in Australia, but um, yeah, Ian Matthews. Uh, this song was a song that I used to when I'd be on my bicycle riding my when I was riding bikes a lot. Uh, I'd put this song on the Walkman. And it kind of was a really cool song to kind of either climb up a hill or kind of descend down a hill. Uh, it just always had a bicycle ride feel for me. It's kind of a, it's it's. A, I think you nailed it. It's this yacht rock song, um, a little bit of a Miami vibe, but you know it's not overly yes. tropical. Uh, it's a it's a feel good song. It's an enjoyable song. Mm. It's, um, like I said, the song's forty five years old, and I never get tired of it. So. Uh, we haven't talked. Ian Matthews is probably. I would say this is a one-hit wonder, and I that's why I picked it. Yeah, no, loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Loved the track. You, I I challenged you right off the bat. The second track. God, God, this one was like. So I had not heard. I had not listened to this band before. Okay. Uh the band is the X-Ray Specs, and yeah. the, the the song is Germ Free Adolescence. Um. What I'll say is this is a tape track through and through. <laughs> I can see him picking something like this, right? Uh, it's quirky. It's got simple riffs. It's got a little bit of a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, there's a little bit of satire in this song, right? Because mm -hmm. it's about a girl who's obsessed with cleanliness to the point where she becomes compulsive, right? So if you look at her lyrics with this. But it's got this like new early new wave vibe, right? That is really what that's what gives the song between like the obsessive compulsiveness and the new waveness, right? You listen to this song, and it's probably a song that you're either going to get hooked on or you're going to want to scratch yeah. fingers on the chalkboard with. Yeah, I yeah, liked yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I I got my I I didn't find it annoying out of the gate. I found it kind of charming. I found it kind of. I, I kind of felt I put it put a smile on my face with it, uh, but it is a funny song. <laughs> I had not heard it before, uh, but I think the X-rays. This was a song like from '78, so this was kind of like when it kind of yeah. was like pre-new wave for me when I heard this. I'm like, this kind of I could see this kind of evolved into what new wave became by 1980. Good song, I liked it. It was it worked. The yeah, song it's a, it's a it's a woman it's a woman um, punk band from. Uh, London, like seventies, like Coop said, like late seventies. It's kind of that good bridge between punk and new wave. It, it's out there, man. So I, I'm like, oh, let's 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 just let's just challenge Coop right away. Let's just throw it out there. They um, they, they made a few. I was doing some research on because I had not. They made some comebacks. They made a few comebacks, like yeah. going up about into the two thousands even. But I could see how. Yeah, you can't. I mean, a track here and there from this band is fun. You listen to a whole album, that might be. A bit bit hard. My wife, no, like, what are you I'm listening glad, yeah. to? <laughs> <I'm glad. Yeah. laughs> but I, I liked uh, it. I get it. But I could see this like 
people could this this is very pulp because this is this could be one of those tracks where it really annoys the shit out of you too. I can tell. Oh you that. yeah. Well it ha well it has that weird uh like synth in the beginning, which yeah. I think is where you yeah. get that. Yeah, new yeah. exactly, wave. exactly, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It was good. I liked it. I did like it. So I can't say I didn't like it. I'm li I'd be lying to you if I say I didn't like it. Uh I'm really curious what our audience, if you have not heard this song, uh Drum Free Adolescence <laughs> by the X-ray spec. I want to hear some feedback on this one, yeah. Uh so we got Phil, which I knew for probably make an appearance. Uh, I I had this one, Phil Collins colors colors. I want to hear your thoughts on it because I I I don't know if you had heard this song before. All right, well this is this is the song that I took the most notes on. I saw a songs. lot of notes on this. Yes, Phil Collins we're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, my first note is will it top against all odds? Question mark. That's what I. Yeah. Um, so it's a very I found the song very dramatic. So I don't know thematically, Coop, is this is this sort of it seemed to me and you would know more about this. So I'll just throw this out there right now. It seemed to me it's got this social political message. Are, is this around sort of like apartheid and comparing it to the U.S. or there seemed to be a big kind of racial yeah, um, I, message to it? Was it around apartheid time when this came out or? Yeah, it was 1990. So this was right around. Yeah, that yeah, time. yeah. yeah. I normally don't like a socio-political song either. It goes. I don't think this one went too deep or too far with it. No. Um. But yeah, it was. It was around apartheid. But I think the messaging in this song could be taken the way you also say. But we look at. It's not maybe just in South Africa. Yeah. So yeah, because I kind of got that. I put good social political message. Uh, we're looking at apartheid here and a mix of apartheid and compared to the U.S. So I kind of. Uh, Phil is going for that. I, I got what he was laying down, so that's good. Um, I I don't see – it's very dramatic. I don't know if the two contrasting styles work for me, but – because if people haven't heard the song, it's quite a longer song, and the beginning is very dramatic and slowed down, and the end is sort of like kind of more poppy, uh, yeah. the second – the back half. Um, what, what I did say, though, and what I liked is that, like I said – I don't know if the two contrasting styles on the same track work for me, but he is going for something. So, and I think one of the one of the notes I had when we did uh, "No Jacket Required" is that some of the songs felt a bit, to me, a bit like rote, and, and they weren't really like going for a whole lot. They were just kind of what you'd expect. Where here, he's at least going for something, so he's trying something different. I mean, in the 80s, they wouldn't have a ton of songs that were so contrasting in the same song. Or no, the 90s, sorry. I mean, that's more like a 2000s thing um, to have song like these epic songs that have like wildly contrasting styles. Um, so he is trying something new there, so I got to give him that. Uh, it's not my favorite Phil track, but I, got, I just love his vocal, Coop. And his vocal on here is great, and I just love it. So I listen to the song. I like the song. Um, like I said, I had a lot of notes because, you know, it challenged me in a, in a couple different ways in its structure and stuff. Yep. But like the, the through line throughout the whole thing is that vocal that I just adore. And yeah. so that kind of carried me through it. Yeah. I love I love his. And then I listened to Against All Odds. <laughs> so I it, yeah. Song. yeah. So when we did No Jacket Required, remember that Phil Collins, that was kind of the end of like the Phil Collins breakup yes. songs, right? So he went to this But Seriously mm -hmm. album, which had, he remember he did one song on, on, on No Jacket Required, uh, Long Long Way to Go, which had the social themes in it. Mm -hmm. But Seriously is is more dominated by sociopolitical things. And yeah. what's interesting when you talk about colors in that song, which 
I believe it was more for the apartheid stuff um, because there's lines in here where I think he's talking to the government of South Africa when he says, what makes you hustle yes. high and mighty? What makes you so qualified? Uh, you, you decide yeah. to sit in judgment trying to play God yourself. Now, those parts of the song are sung on that more upbeat part, which is kind of interesting. Yes. He's upbeat, yeah. but he's taking some very direct messaging in that song. Um, I like this yeah. song a lot. It actually is a song he has he does live quite a bit. It does play very well in this. Okay. Um, and it's a, like I said, it the 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 song kind of end. It kind of it has a nice. It has a soft landing. The song too. Um, well, like I, I said, he's going for something. Yeah. He's he's, tr- he's 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 got a definite. Yeah. He's definitely making artistic decisions. Yeah. Um, which I like. Yeah. I like when artists like yeah. challenge challenge it a bit. After this was his beginning of the end. Is what I'll say, because after this, yeah. album, he never yeah. came close to like it really. He just nosedived after this album. Yeah. Uh, but this was. A, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. But this was. Yeah, this was one of the it wasn't a radio song, but it became a very popular song at concerts. And the Phil fans tend to like this song mm. a lot. Mm. No, vocals so good. Yeah. All right, Coop. I, I, I'm challenging you like right in the right. Like we haven't even gotten to the second half of the album. And I'm just like throwing them at you. Yeah, so I look at the title of this song. Is Jockey? Is Jockey? <laughs> the artist is Sigur Rós. Am I saying this right? Yes. C- yep, yep. Um, I had never heard of this artist, right? So <laughs> I listened to the song, and I when I listened to the song, I don't understand a word in this song. Like, like what are they yep. saying? Yeah. I said, all right, it's yep. got to be. I'm like, I'm thinking Danish or Norwegian, and I wasn't far off. It turned out to be this is an Icelandic uh, artist, Uh, so I should have put the Bjork, the Bjork thing together with this. Um, <laughs> and it's this Icelandic and I don't you know, Icelandic rock and I've heard Icelandic rock before. It has this. It has yeah. this coldness to it, right? Um, yes. Yeah, that's good. That's it, good. It really, it really does yeah. have the coldness to it. And this had that, but it was a bolder rock, more like sound to it. Um, And I really dug it. I really dug this track. I didn't know. I could not tell you what the lyrics were about in this song. I didn't need to know what the lyrics. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of was listening to this song and I could sometimes think maybe what like when Wham went to China, they probably didn't understand any of the words in. in yeah, 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 but yeah, Wham, yeah. Right. And I, and I kind of put myself in that position. I'm like, I probably don't understand the words, but you know what? This is a really this was a great track. And uh, now I did a little more research. Dave is Jackie was kind of a off the beat off kind of for Sigur Ross. That was not. Yes. This was kind of off the track. This is not what you'd normally get from from Sigur Ross. No, that whole album. That whole album is a bit. Yeah. Uh, off of. So, they're they're far more experimental. That album, I think, is more accessible because it's more traditional in the sense that like songs have a definite progression yeah. and arrangement and stuff like that. And, uh, and so, whereas their earlier stuff was more free form. I yeah. mean, their latest stuff too is a bit more free form. And they've been around a um, while. But I, they've been yeah. around a while too. So it's they've like been I, a long time. And you had something on you had something on jukebox yeah. this week on them, right? Or the last couple of weeks you had something. Yeah, on. they just released a new record. Yeah. Uh, um the, the reason you probably couldn't understand what they're saying is they also sing songs in a language they made up themselves. <laughs> so so they're 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 basically your 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 basic vibe band. Like it's all about the vibe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, with, it, it was about the Jonesy. vibe. And like I said, I started putting myself in the position of like when 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 the artists we know go to these countries where they probably don't understand the language. Yeah. 
And what I got yeah. out of this a lot, Dave, was I could really appreciate vocals that I didn't understand. Because I'm always a guy, I love breaking down the lyrics and stuff. So this was a little yeah. bit of a challenge for me, right? And I'm like, when I was like, what the hell are they saying, right? Um, I wouldn't know if it's Icelandic or made up music. I knew I just didn't understand it. But oh, yeah, shit. it was really good. I mean, it's a nice, tr I, I would definitely listen to more from this artist as well. And I have already. That's why I kind of sense yeah, it's no. different. Yeah. I thought you'd like this track from them or this album, because like I said, it's far more accessible and like they have an actual song structure. Yeah. And, you know, playing instruments. Um, yep. The, and, it, and it reminds me to a lot of world music I like. Like I'm listening to music from Port. I, I have no idea what they're saying, but it's the emotion and stuff brought through the lyrics that I really uh, connect with and the music itself. Um, so I'm glad you liked it. Yep, I'm glad too. Donna Summer. Now, th this is already out of my comfort zone because I don't know. I, I am not uh, your disco person. Yeah, I had to throw a disco track in. Yes. I'm like, here we go. And, it had, and I and I, I really like the song. I thought I my first note. So I, this is right after Phil Collins. My first note is now we're talking. I love the vocal. She's great on this vocal. Um, it's got this kind of really glittery disco vibe. It has this nice shimmer to it. The songs, I think there's like some chimes in it and stuff. Yeah. Um, I really love that sort of glittery disco, sort of club kind of vibe the song had. Um, I really liked it. Uh, I didn't get much deeper into it. I just kind of went with the groove on the song. Uh, and I liked it. I don't listen. I don't know a lot of Donna Summer. Um, so it's always good for Coop to throw on a track like this for me that I, I that you know I just to expand my knowledge of her music so no it's great it was a good track no I'm glad you like it so this is probably not as common it's it, it people probably heard this track but they probably couldn't tell you the title of it they could probably tell you the Donna Summer track yeah right but they couldn't tell you the title of it and this was kind of right after Love to Love You Baby but before Last Dance she did an album called Once yeah. Upon a Time now Donna Summer was not just a person who went in and, and laid down tracks she was very into having conceptual albums and this was a double yes, album right. that she did with Giorgio Morota who she's had incredible success with he co-wrote the song he produces and Once Upon a Time is, is basically a Cinderella story album it, it's a rags to riches and this is on the second side of the second album so the I Love You is kind of the point where she kind of meets her Prince Charming and falls in love there mm -hmm. um just love this track. I watched the, and I got, I kind of got back into this song because of the documentary that, that was done on Donna summer on HBO. And they kind of played this song in there and it's like, it's a really good song. Uh, she also plays her emotions really well in the song. And I like her a lot like Diana Ross mm. for the same reason. They know how to wear their heart and a sleeve in a song. And it's really very believable. So I'm glad you like this one too. I, no, I, I didn't know if you had heard it. Yeah, or not. I, I hope you had heard it. Or not. So yeah, I'm glad you hadn't heard it. I gotta listen to more of her stuff, man. Like it's a very blind spot for me. Yeah, I have to admit. Yep. Oh, what did, did I give you? Something at least. Okay, I kind of get a bit more, a bit less. You know, crazy. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. We got the band is TV on the radio. That's a Dave band, if mm. I remember one, right? And the uh, the song is Province, okay. right? So did mm. not know a lot about TV on the radio at all. Um. I was shocked that this was a Brooklyn band. I completely like you. If you tell me these guys are from Brooklyn, I'm like, you're crazy, right? Because they had a very experimental indie sound is what I was listening. Particularly mm -hmm. this track had this, right? Um, 
And then I'm listening to this, right? And I, again, I went and listened to these things cold. I'm hearing, this guy sounds like David Bowie in the background. That's right? That's right. I'm like, wow, they, they do a pretty good David Bowie. I'm like, wow, there's someone in that band is doing a really good David Bowie, except it was David Bowie, it turned out, actually, right? I didn't know that either. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like David Bowie. But yeah, it, so I, I again, it was a very, it was a little more, I guess, I guess, I'm not shocked that you included this song because I think this is really this experimental indie sound I know you like. Uh, mm. Again, another track I, I did like a, ro- a lot. Um, and um, yeah, this was really good. Uh, like I said, shocked, uh, shocked it was a, a David Bowie in <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, they have a Bowie vibe anyway. Yeah, they do. Um, they, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they they haven't but, they haven't been around like they've been around only about twenty years. So David Bowie did this later yeah. in his career. Yeah. This was on the yeah, no, I mean, like, album. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a great album. No, yeah. it's um, I thought you'd like it, uh, because it has that sort of yeah that Bowie vibe. To yeah, it. it definitely did. Uh, and it's a good. It's a and good, that's why I thought. And that's why I thought they were going for a Bowie vibe. And I'm like, this ain't. And then when I went and kind of afterwards did some notes research, I'm like, it, it was David Bowie on that. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's. I. Uh, it's a bit of a. It's a bit of a palate cleanser after what I've thrown Coop uh, before this track. Yeah. <laughs> so something a bit more, a bit more accessible. Yeah. Um. No, I love this. I love this. This is good. Their later albums kind of veer away from this more rock sound. But uh, but this album is very sort of Bowie inspired and in in very good. Right. Now, Coop's next track I loved, and I was like, why don't I listen to this band more? I need to listen to this band more. And that's the faces with oh, with yeah. uh, Bad and Ruined. Oh yeah. My first note is I need to listen to the faces more. I I love this. I love. This song it has this harder edge rock vibe, kind of more harder edge rock than blues in my opinion. Um, got some great percussion. I love the vocal coupe. I mean, this is sort of like I'm a very vocal centered person. This is very like this is a through line with a lot of his. You're gonna hear that note on a lot of the songs Coop picked because he picked great vocalists. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love the vocal. I gotta listen to the to the to the faces more. Like I said, love the percussion. Um, and it just fits so well. Like his vocal fits. I mean, you put you take his vocal, you put it on another song. It might not fit at all. But with the with this band, like it's just a perfect fit. Um and I almost put gasoline alley on your on your mix from oh, Rod very. Stewart. I almost did. Wow. Almost did. Cool. That would have been a good one. Um But God, I love it was great. I love the face. I gotta listen to the faces more. Yeah. They're very underrated. You know, you talk about supergroups, and I think we've done a show on supergroups. Because Faces was a supergroup that didn't become a supergroup till the members left. Until yeah, so, until after yeah, yeah. So it was Ian McLaughlin, kind of like the Yardbirds in a way. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Yardbirds, I put in that same category. But like Rod Stewart was was in the Faces. Ian McLaughlin, um, Mick Hucknall was in there uh, for a short time. Ronnie Wood, uh, Ronnie and Wood. Ronnie Lane. So I mean, that was a pretty good lineup that you had. That you had in there, and um, and uh, you know, and I'm, I mentioned Mick Hucknall because he's gonna come up a little later, actually. Um, he was kind of yeah. one, but um, this is a great song, and, and this I don't think oh. I put this on my perfect list, but it probably when we do another perfect song, this is a perfect song. Uh, it's I just love the beat in this. Um, it's it, you you mentioned um you 
you mentioned how you mentioned gasoline alley and stuff like that. It's got this um this the lyrics are unbelievable. It's about a it's about basically the uh a son who leaves the, the prodigal son returns is what the theme of this song is. Um Yeah. Yeah. And they this is a very famous song that was used in the Sopranos. Uh, mm. it was used in the Sopranos uh, during uh, a scene where one of the ca- Tony Blundetto was a character whacks some people, and he's running from the scene of the crime, and then he gets accidentally run his foot gets run over by a, a car, right? But uh, right, so it, it, this song kind of got a little bit of. I think a lot of people heard this song on the Sopranos. If you don't go back to the faces, but in my opinion, I agree. The faces are as good a band as there was. And this is as good of a song mm. as I've, I really love this. And as I said, I guess, let me see what Dave takes of this song. That, that was a lot of the inspiration with that as well. What I think is it's great. That's yeah. what I think. Um, what, oh, I got a little deep cut for you, Coop. I think it's I got inspired by our uh, Battle of the Bands. We talked about this band. Yeah. Uh, let me, uh, I just... Okay, yeah, so this was definitely... I figured this was inspired by Battle of the Bands. Um, it's a song I, I got to admit, um, I had not really listened to much of this band in this era. So, um, and I got to say, I didn't hear this one. So it's ZZ Top's Going Down to Mexico. Um, when we think of ZZ Top, we think of Legs, Sleeping Bag, you know, those types of songs from the 80s. But but ZZ Top goes back to the early 70s, okay? Um, mm-hmm. And this song... um. It's got some blues themes in it. It's got a Western vibe. It's got a psychedelic vibe. It reminded me of Allman Brothers Band a lot. Like, yeah, that's really good, had good this, pick there. Good comment. Yeah. yeah, I was actually curious if the tuner had heard this song. Because if you were, like I said, if you were listening oh, to, like if you're listening to Legs, this is nothing like Legs. Uh, it, it's really no, good. No. But there's an, there's an instrumental bridge at the midway point of this song that builds up. It's one of the best instrumental bridges I've heard of, right? Um, and this was the surprise track of the list for me because I could see because I could see you trying to get me to, to like a new artist, right? But I'm not gonna put ZZ Top on my artist list at all, right? Because it, it had no. a couple of nice tracks, but this track showed me a lot with this track. This is why it was my surprise track here. Really, really, oh. really enjoyed it a lot. Really enjoyed it a lot because, like I said, I, I just saw. The roots of this band, and I guess it bringing that Allman Brothers vibe to it was something that I enjoyed. And and I, I I'm gonna listen to more early ZZ Top to see how they moved away from that. Is I want I'm I'm very mm. curious to see how they evolved to the '80s sound that they have. I'm not knocking the mm. '80s sound, but this is much musically, lyrically, it's a much better song here. Is what I heard. Yeah, no, and it follows the uh, long tradition in music of doing some sort of crime or something that you have to flee to Mexico for. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it was, it, yeah. Classic, classic uh, theme that Johnny Cash and others have explored. Johnny Cash, um, yeah, yeah. Did the Eagles have one? Anyway, Eagles, that's another good one. Uh, but yeah, so no, it this is sort of um off of uh, it's called ZZ Top's first album. I think is the name of the album. Yeah. Um, and no, I thought I I put it on there. It's very bluesy. Uh, it's just a uh, like I said, like you said, it's sort of what you don't think of when you hear ZZ Top. So I no, just want to. It's a bit of a I deeper their, cut. I knew their roots were in this type of sound too, though. But I got me. I really hadn't heard much of it. Where it's a lot like Cool the Gang, right? When you go back 
and to listen to Kool and the Gang, and you're like, wow, they did jazz? Yeah, yeah they did like, jazz. Whoa. Right, yeah. It was very surprising, you know. Um, so I was very surprised. This was a big surprise for me where, you know, I want to definitely listen to some more of them on this. Uh, but this was a really good track. I enjoyed it. Oh. Well, this was a... I like this song, too. This is who picked... Uh, so we, we go to Tears for Fears. I had to get Tears for Fears uh, on it. Brian Wilson said, and I was like, ooh, it's kind of a deeper cut. Yeah. So I put it on. Uh, love the vocal. Like, uh, kind of all the songs I'm saying right now. It has a very sort of Billy Joel vibe in the beginning. I don't know yeah. why I was getting that. Coup, but that's what I was getting. Because, 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 yeah, of my yeah. life. because of my life. That's why it has that Billy Joel vibe. Yes. Yes. But it's not Billy Joel, but it sounds like okay, I, yeah. No, it's the vibe. But but then they kind of have this like Beach Boys break in it, uh, with the yeah 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 with the lyrics and the harmonizing. I'm like, oh, Brian Wilson said okay, and and then they kind of have this circus vibe with this crazy sort of synth going on that has kind of this pet sounds kind of vibe. So mm-hmm. I really liked how it had this Beach Boys vibe, which is kind of connecting up with the title i really didn't i really didn't i have to admit i really didn't do too much research in the lyrics because i was just so like taken in by the music and the vocal um but no i loved it it was a very surprising song for me because it was something i would not expect from tears for fears to be honest um yep yep but when that like beach boy sort of break comes in oh so good Girls from California, Janet, Joy, and Janet, Judy, Joan, and Jackie. Yeah, Judy. it was just like harmonizing. Girls from California. Yeah, it was cool. It was yeah. a good song. Yeah. Um, Lyrically, it's, I don't really, I can't get any interpretation of the lyric other than I think they were just paying homage to Brian Wilson. So yeah. I, I, I mean, can't, that's what I, I, I don't think I could put any more in that. Um, This, so this is from the fourth album, Elemental. So this is an album that was not done with Kurt Smith. And what I'm noticing okay. about Elemental in the last few years is this is becoming an album more and more revered in the Tears for Fears community. I don't think it was revered at the time it came out. I don't okay. think people. I think people were upset at Kurt being out, but when but now I'm seeing more and more of some of the music music critics kind of. This is a really good album. Um, and this song, right. it's, it's, it was always a favorite of fans of Tears for Fears. But it's not one that plays well live. They don't. I don't think they've. Ever, I've never heard this song done live by them. But but it's a great track, and it exactly it pays homage to to that Beach Boys pet sounds. It's exactly I think what they, what they're intending to do with that. Mm. So yeah, that's nice. a, it's, what. Yep. Yeah. Ooh, what you got? What's let's see what I what did uh, I give to you, Kier Coop? All right. So this is uh. I I know why you picked this one. Um. So this was another good track. Um, Carbaca Pyramid, and the tracks Mm. faded. Did I say that right? Carbaca Pyramid. The tracks faded away. Um. I'll just kind of very simple. I think it was. I think this is kind of a Shaggy inspired track. Why you picked it? Uh. And it was good. That's why I kind of like that. Like, I like that reggae. I like that modern reggae sound. This is this is taking Mm. reggae and hip hop fusion is what this is. And normally yeah. I'm not a huge fan of that fusion, but this was really, really well done. And I kind of thought it balanced it out good where I didn't feel it was a reggae song trying to be a hip hop song. And I didn't think it was a hip hop song trying yeah. to be a reggae song. I kind of felt it was it had its own identity with it. Right. Um, and this is the one of those tracks I gave a few listens to over and over again. And it it kind of grew on me a lot more. 
Uh, so I enjoyed it. Like I said, I, it kind of had a Shaggy vibe to it uh, when I look because I think that's what Shaggy does a lot with his collaborations. Uh, mm. he, he brings this fusion into it. I don't think Carbaca Pyramids as good as Shaggy per se, but this is a good track. This is a good track. I mean, how would you categorize this? Is, is this reggae or is this hip hop in your book? So, so Carbaca Pyramid, it's sort of it's that modern sort of fusion between the two. He also features Buju Banton on this track, who's a big '90s reggae artist that people will kind of know if they were listening to reggae back then. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This album, this is off of his latest album that won the Grammy. So this is the album that won the reggae Grammy. Yeah, I thought I you picked it. Yeah. Lots of collaborations on this. He's got, I think he's got one of the the Marleys on here. Um. It's got it's got a lot of collaborations. Uh, and yeah, and so no, I wanted to, I want to put some reggae on there for you, Coop. But I was trying to think of like who's someone we haven't talked to about a whole lot. Uh, it's got a good, it's got a good vibe. So yeah, so put a bit of Carbaca Pyramid on there. Yeah, yeah, the Pyramid. Of, yeah, it's sort of, of coffee. Coffee too is sort of like kind of a reggae hip hop crossover. We'll just start rapping on songs. Um, it's it's about and the Carbaca Pyramid is sort of similar. Uh, this this song screams Sean Paul to me too. Yeah, this kind of reminded yep. me a lot of Sean yeah, Paul. No. Yeah. Uh, huh. I mean, I'd love to see. Glad. I'd love to see Carbaca and Shaggy collaborate. So let let's let that happen, guys. See. That's gonna happen. I, uh, well, I mean, you think after the winning the Grammy, he's gonna be putting out a lot more stuff. So yeah, I can see why this song won a Grammy. I think they actually did a good job. Like I said, I like that this song established this fusion where it was its own identity. And like I said, I really couldn't. I really. Yeah. The only other person I could think of, like Shaggy, obviously, and Sean Paul was the other one I thought of. Uh, but I like this better mm -hmm. than Sean Paul. So, uh, yeah. Now, we go to a song that really, it really didn't connect for me, Coop. We got to talk about this one. Yeah. Okay. I'd say it's simply red with sunrise. Mike Cocknell. Yeah. And, and, I, and I put, I have to admit, not doing a lot for me was my note. I'm not. See, here's the thing, though. And, you know, maybe I'm just not a big Simply Red guy. I'm just, I, and Simply Red's never done it for me. I don't know what it is. Um, and I just put, I needed something more. So I don't know. It's just, I can't, it's just Simply Red, man. I don't know what it is with me and Simply Red. We just don't They're, connect. They, they are acquired taste. Um, <laughs> so they're very, they're very soul, they're a soulful band. They're that Philly sound they have. Uh, with an, it's an English band doing the Philly soul sound is what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I mm -hmm. tend to like their music. Like the stuff that hit on the radio is probably not as good, but I love this yeah. track, Dave. Now, you wrote a comment here. I want to address this comment because I don't think you've ever seen the video for this. And so you said it's not of edge in this not. song, right? Not of edge for me. So the video's got to be one of the most edgy videos that's come out in the last 20 years. <laughs> this is a seductive the... video. Very seductive. I should have watched the video. Yeah, it was uh, it's a poolside video with women. I just, it, it, But it's actually tastefully done is what I'll just say. Um, And they basically, if folks haven't heard Sunrise, this is a song that was sampled off of Hall & Oates. I can't do, go for that. In fact, there's a part where there's some mm, Hall & oh, Oates yeah, yeah, yeah. vocals put in there. Um, when this song came out, it blew me away, actually. So I, I, I really liked it. Now, did I think Dave would like it? I didn't know. I thought it could go either way. On this. So I'm not surprised. That's what it makes this for, man. You throw it out there. Right. You throw it out there. Um, I'm going to see if I can eventually find a Simply Red song you like. 
So that's like my challenge. Ooh, they have is that the challenge? Yeah. So Mick Hucknall was actually in the like one of the re- he's the lead vocals. He was in the faces for a short time actually. So that's why. I was All kinda, right. Yeah, but and um, I forgot about that connection. Um, but yeah, no, this is a, like I said, and I think Simply Red is not a band for everybody. Um, I think they no. had, they they had some success in the U.S. in the late eighties. This is actually a two thousand. They did, track. Yeah. yeah. They they yeah yeah. Um, but they, they they're a band that really has hit more in Europe. Like their popularity is in Europe. They play, you know, they played Havana Cuba to a sellout crowd. They're, they're for some reason getting over me. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Huh. So, so yeah, simply red was simply not for Dave. Is what we're gonna say. <laughs> no. And that's okay. And that's okay. I'm sure there's, yeah. I'm sure, there's gonna be ones here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 yep. Now All here's right. where my notes run out. So I don't know what you think of these. Songs oh, okay, I updated. Yeah, I updated the notes. I was, you know what happened? So when I was driving back, I put the playlist in, um, and uh, I, I didn't drive all the way home. So I got, I put the notes in for the first six, and I had to put the rest in last night. Um, I had everything done. Uh, so this one is. So yeah, you're gonna be surprised by some of the comments. Uh, Danger Mouse and Black Thought Belize. Um. Yep. So again, this was a socio political song. I normally don't like to go there, but this is a well-written song is what I'm going to say. And it did not hit me at first. Okay. It really didn't. Yeah. Hit me. Um, but I, this is why I played over and over again. And I see what Dave was going with this. Right? Cause there's an R and B vibe in this song. Like again, that seventies R and B sound is like the foundation. And then there's a hip hop layer over it. Right. And I'm like, this is pretty damn good. How they're like, this hip hop is perfect. Here, the hip hop vocals, a perfectly layering over this R&B foundation. Um, and I, I really mm. kind of enjoyed it. And I, I do like Danger Mouse, by the way. I think Danger Mouse is one of the great musicians out there. Uh, and I think I think he's I think his strength is as a producer. But certainly this is a very, very good song there. But the R&B vibe is, I think, what got me coming around on this song. Um, it, it's 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 social political. Uh, but I, I guess I don't think it's over over the edge either on it. So. So yeah, this one I, I like this song. Believe it, it was a nice song. No, good. I thought you'd like it because the Danger Mouse. Yeah. Um, who's been very busy lately? But uh, because of that R and B sort of, he always dives in. Uh, to the bins, like goes deep into the bin, dive in there for the yeah, for vinyl that's like 60s, 70s sort of funk R and B that you've never heard of. That's just right, amazing. Right. Right. Sometimes on some of his tracks it doesn't match up, so he'll have this like great, great vibe, but the 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 vocals don't match. So yeah, so it's good on this one. But this one was really, Uh, as uh, I said, it really was well done, and it kind of like you couldn't. I I think if they didn't have that R and B foundation, this would have not been a great. If they had something else they were doing, it wouldn't work. This worked really well with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he'll come up again in your song list in a little sneaky way. Yes. Um. Now this one, this I love. Now I've heard of of her before. Yeah, but I haven't really sat down and listened to her. That's Joss Stone, girl. They won't believe it. Cool intro, boom, dun, a bit dun, bluesy, a yeah. little bit all over the place. But I I like it. I, that's not a bad thing. It's just like it was a bit like I found this track, um, to be kind of a bit of blues and then jazz and then it was sort of like all over the place with that. But that's fine. Vocals to stand out. 
it's this good jazzy blues mix. I was sort of listening to it, and I was thinking of, well, who would I compare her to? Um, and I and I think I put more Ella than Billy. So I so what I meant by that is I think she's more jazzy than bluesy in this track. Anyway, I don't I don't know about her overall career, but it's a good mix. It's a good mix of like jazzy blues or bluesy jazz, however you want to frame it. Um, and I think she has a great range too. I think her vocal range is quite good. Oh, um, yeah, I loved it. No, it's a great track. I, and I've heard of her, but I haven't really sat down and listened to her. So no, it's good. I really liked it. So here's what's a little interesting, Dave. Josh Stone comes from that same like genre as Simply Red, British soul. That's what she's doing. She's mm. very much a soul singer. Um, okay, so she's a British. Okay, she's a British soul singer. She has also done like she does. A lot of collaborations. She did a co- um, she did a cover of "Give Me Shelter" with Angelique Kidrow, which is really good. Maybe uh, I heard that. You might have heard it. Her voice is very, very distinctive. Um, she's done some mm. acting too over the years. Um, actually, which is yeah, she's actually um, she's actually only thirty six years old, but she seems like she's been around okay. for about twenty wow. years. Um, she like she just recently has gone into motherhood, the family track and stuff. So. She's got a couple of children right now. Now she's based in the U.S. too, so she lives in Nashville. Very, very, uh, very talented artist is what I'll say. Um, and I think it's something you would, um, if you explore a couple of uh, albums like introduce the intro. I think this is on the introducing Josh Stone album. It's on introducing Josh Stone. Um, no, it's on Mind, Body, and Soul. I think it. it this is one of her earlier okay. tracks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she has that. Like I said, she kind of comes from that vibe of um. Why can't I find what album this is on now? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but uh, um, but yeah, it, she um, she comes. She does like she's she's done covers of songs too, like uh, some kind of wonderful and all that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm okay. Really, yeah, I'm trying to remember what album this was on now. This is a oh, just. Uh, oh, it is on. I, I had it correct. Introducing Josh Stone, it's on. Yes, yeah. So this is the interest. This is a 2007. Yeah. I'm glad you like this. This right. is good. I, I think this is a female artist debut you can get behind. But she does come from that simply red vibe. However, I could see you kind of embracing this one a little more. I do see it because they are different. They are very different styles, but they are in the British soul is what I'll put them in. No, it's it's good. It was. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. What do I got for you? Okay. All right. Ooh. Okay. All right. So, another, this, was, this was a this was another social political song. This was a little more deeper social political. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. It's a little more deeper. Uh, but that, I'm not holding that against it. Um, here's the deal. This song should have had everything I liked. The funk foundation. The silvers are in there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The problem is the silvers yeah. were the highlight of the <laughs> song. That was the problem. I did not. I could not get into the song. What I didn't say what the song is. I didn't say what the song is. Uh, it's "Final Form" by Sampa the Great. I just couldn't get into Sampa the Great. I couldn't get into her. I, I, I can see that it couldn't. But was it the what, was it the vocal? Was it the, vo- the, the vocal, vocal on it? Or it's not the lyrics. Yeah. It's her vocal delivery isn't my style. And I, I wanted to hear the silvers the whole time. It's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> I, those were the best parts of it. Um. I could see you loving this song. And look, this is a mm-hmm. much 
this is a strong political message in this song is what I'm just going to say. I'm not going to judge the politics one way or another here, but what I'm saying is it's a much more, but I didn't have a problem. Like I said, it's not something I gravitate to. No, it's the vocal. Yeah. But, yeah. but the vocal was, but, but what say, if anything gave this song saving were the silvers, had, had they had a couple of cuts of the <laughs> silvers in there, uh, in there. Um, so that was the highlight. So Sampa the great wasn't too great for me on this one is what I'm going to say. So this was the first <laughs> one I would say if there's a miss, this was the first miss I had. Miss. Yeah. No, I can see that. I mean, it's like a lot of hip hop, right? So a lot of artists use different vocal deliveries to kind of, you know, set themselves apart. Yeah. And stuff like that. And some of them you like, and some of them you're like, oof, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, exactly. But I had like it wasn't the politics that got me on this. No, it was more no, of no. um, it, the I vocal just delivery. Vocal, and sometimes the vocal delivery just doesn't cut a feet for whatever reason. Yeah. That's but not, I see yeah. a lot of people like the um, vocal delivery. Yeah. I'm not knocking it. Yeah. Just wasn't me. So yeah. she's. She's like Zambian born, but also like like uh, moved to Australia. So she's Australian artist. Oh wow! From South Australia, this track uh, was in the one of the trailer teaser trailers for the Wakanda Forever movie. So it got like huge off of that. Um, but that's why like a lot of her music is very African influenced because of that. But like yeah, the vocal <laughs> the vocal is unique. Uh. Is one way to put it. Yep. So yeah, this was a very. This was I was going out on a limb. I wanted to put some hip hop on there. I'm like Danger Mouse. I got the funk. Who should be cool with that? Sample the great. It's got a good beat. <laughs> but we'll see how it goes. Um. So no, that's that's hey, that's how that's the best part of a mix, man. You never know. Yeah. All right. Now I've never heard of this band ever. Uh, it's like a Canadian band. So this was for Surgeon. Like if you said if you said this band's name, I'm like you're making that up. So it's Martha and the Muffins. Like I had no idea this band existed. Echo Beach. I'm like th- I, my first note is this is uncut '80s drugs right here. I'm like the vapor synth guitar. I love the beat. The vocal is interesting. I put I put. Now I don't know. This is the note I had. <laughs> I said it borders on that '80s pop punk vibe a little yeah uh, if you take like take out the sax and this would be pretty close to a new age punk song um i thought anyway um i love it lyrically it's a bit kitsch it's a bit fun i really liked it i loved this song it was it was a good fun song which came in like a good part in the in the mix i think because we got the back end here which is going to have some darker stuff um some other stuff too but um, but this is a good sort of like palate cleanser, the sort of vapory synth and guitar, sort of unlike a lot of the other stuff on this mix. So I really liked it. No, it was good. I I loved it. I got to talk a little about this uh, track here on this song, The Guard Band. So I've never heard of this band. They're, they're late 70s, and you, you nailed exactly what, what it is. They're a Canadian band. So, uh, so first of all, there are two Martyrs in the band, okay? Okay. There's, there's Martha Johnson, and then there's Martha Laidley, although Martha Johnson is the one who does most of the lead vocals and then does the vocals. So there's actually two Martha in Martha and the Muffins, okay. right? Uh, the second Martha came – Martha Johnson's always been the mainstay. The second one came a little later. Um, I have – like so there was a, a congresswoman, and she became a senator Ooh. for a short time. Her name was Martha McSally. I have constantly butchered her name as Martha McMuffin because of this, right? And I feel terrible with the connotation <laughs> it has, but but I've always loved this band a lot. Uh, so yeah, they're they're. Uh, I would put them as like. So here's even the other thing about Martha and the Muffins, right? They were they were kind of like this dance punk artist artistic. 
they actually yes. picked the name Muffins. I can see that. They picked the name Muffins because they did not want to be associated with the with kind of the, like punk had a little bit of a violent connotation, right? So they were looking for a little bit of a softer image to bring into the to the punk scene, um, and that's why they picked the name Muffins or Martha and the Muffins. Uh, I, I I think they're I really enjoy their stuff. They're definitely a cult type band from the seventies. Echo Beach is their big mm. hit. Um, was was I should say their hit. Um, and uh, you know, Echo Beach I think came out like I want to say Echo Beach was seventy nine ish right now. Um, uh, but it's mm-hmm. a feel good song. Um. You know, and I think uh, like I think I thought you'd like it for sure. And like I said, it was oh, I, one of, I think one of these you could make an argument again. It was one of these pre-new wave type songs too. So I can know, see I, that. I mean, I'm looking at a picture of the band right now. Yeah, it's a six-piece band. Like it's not small. No, uh, and they're very, very. These were art students, I believe, that formed the band in college. I could, I could totally see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, they've they've done a re- redux of this song too. So, uh, but no, it's a, it's oh, a, it, yeah. Uh, in fact, there was another thing. I think there is a uh, arena in Canada now. Well, not arena, a concert venue in Canada called Echo Beach. Nice. So, no, it's a good song. Yeah, I thought you'd like this one. I thought you'd I like this like one. Watch the video; one. it's a pretty cool video to watch. To uh, you know, uh, definitely. definitely like I said, it's, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I thought you'd like it. Uh, and they have, like I said, their other stuff's not as well known, but um, I think you'd, I think you'd like it. Yeah. And, and See, said, now for this next song I picked for Coop, I went totally off the board from the previous. Like, this is a huge genre shift. Oh, yeah. Right so, here. so yeah. Um, the, the band is The Hollies, and the song is Carrie Ann. Um, a song I've heard before. Um, written by, co-written by Graham Nash. Uh, it was written, it was released in 1967 by The Hollies which is the year I was born. So I was kind of intrigued by that. Um, but it has much more of an early sixties vibe to it. You'd say, yes, it, it does. sounds like, yeah. like if you yeah. were to say, guess the year you'd say 62, mm. right? Not 67. Yeah. Right? yeah, so, yeah. No, um, definitely not. And the song apparently is said to be a tribute to Marianne faithful. And that's how they kind of, instead okay. of Marianne, they went Carrie Ann with it. Um, All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, that this was a highlight of the list because here's the deal. I've heard this song. But this is one of those songs I've heard but not listened to, right? So when you listen All right. to the song and when you kind of go into it, it's uh it's it's slightly duopish, right? Um yes. slightly beach boys-ish, right? And there's this bridge in the middle of the song that has this Caribbean Jamaican feel to it. You hear you mm-hmm. hear those steel you hear those steel instruments in there. Great, great track. This was another highlight of the list. It's uh it's something I haven't paid enough attention to with this song. Uh, and I haven't paid enough attention to the Hollies. I'm like, this was really, really a good track. I it, like talk about Dave doing a 180 with this. Like, yeah, when uh, it was a 180. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great track, great track. Uh, is this a track you like? Is my question. I love this track. I love I, it. Okay, yeah. It, I mean, it's I, a lot. It's yeah. It's unlike some of the other Holly stuff, I yeah. think, but I just, I, I love the chorus and the song. I love it. Yeah, I do too. A cor- great chorus. I can say that, that, that steel, br- that steel instrument bridge is fantastic. I mean, I think it's like the, the harmonies in the chorus is why I like it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it has a very early sixties vibe. Like I was like, you're surprised when you see this came out in 67. Yeah, you definitely like, feel it's like early because like, doo wop. It has a little bit of a doo wop. It's not heavy doo wop, but it's this over yes. undertone of a doo wop. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh God, this song's so good. I'm gonna yeah. listen to it later. Yeah. Um, no, I'm glad you liked it. I I didn't know if you heard it before, uh, but I kind of wanted to put some deep cuts on here. If I've listened to it maybe three times in the last thirty years, that's probably more. I've heard it before. It's a, it, it's not a it's the Hollies in general. I don't think are a, a band a lot of people know about. Yes. They know the name, but they no. don't know. Yeah, but so it's a little bit of but it's a great track and uh, good lyrics too. Like I said, it's a it's a tribute to Marianne Faithful is what what this was when I was when I was looking it up. Like the, a couple of the, in this block here, I went I, I went with some sort went, of yeah. similar sounding songs, but like deep cuts. Like these are bands yeah. that my like, coop knows these people, but we'll put some deep cuts yeah. on there. Uh, as well. Um, now this song, I saw the video for this song because it was. I'm glad you did. I'm glad on, you did. Um, have you had you heard this song before? I I have not. Okay, because I almost I, did, did, I almost picked register. another. I almost picked another track from the album because I thought you might have heard this. But yeah, let's talk about this track. Ooh. So first of all, Leonard Nimoy is in the video, which is just bizarre. He's great in the video, by the way. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> it's like the driver or whatever. He like stops the song at one point, and they the, get pissed. So, the so they're playing. He's playing. They're playing the song on the radio, and they're in a cab. He stops the song, mm-hmm. and one of the bangles. This is by the Bangles, uh, going down to Liverpool. One yeah. of the Bangles says, "Oh, uh-uh. sorry, yeah, put it right so, back the on." The Bangles going down to Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, you're putting that song back on. And they put it right back on. He's like not happy about it. I did. I put. So I put. I would like. I wanted a bit more pop energy, but this is quite dark Coop, for them. Yeah, I thought just the whole vibe of the song. I was like, whoa, like this is it surprised me because I saw the song. I'm like, oh, it's going to be this poppy, like lots of tambourine, blah, blah, blah. Uh But it is like way different (laughs) than that. Very surprising. No, it was good. Um, It caught my interest. Like I I said, I was kind of missing that pop energy I'm used to from them. But it was quite a dark song. And it was but it was interesting. I've never I've like. And this is the good thing about mixes. You get this song from this band. You're like, oh, I know this band. And then you hear it. You're like, I don't know. I don't know this band at all. Like, what is this? So that was good. This is off their debut album, All Over the Place. So Different Light was the second album that had the hit songs. uh, Like Walk Like an Egyptian um, and Manic Monday. But this was their Mm -hmm. previous album. And I think it's their best album. uh, It's a darker album. It's an album that I think emphasizes more the female musicianship. I think when they got into Manic Monday and Walk Like an Egyptian, they started going for a little bit of the image, you know, especially Susanna. You yeah, know, right. They were okay. pushing, they were pushing a little more to sexuality. I think with that, but this is just good songs, good, well-written songs. Uh, a band that plays their own, in- very much like uh, the Go Go's. Um, I would actually say that this is that all over the place album is is uh, better than anything the Go Go's have put out album. It's a, it, Dave, I think you'd like the whole album, is what I'm saying. Um, uh, it, it is a little okay. darker. Uh, there listen. are some, there, there are some, it, but it also is an album. I'm surprised it can get more radio airplay because it is a radio friendly album. Re- Going down to Liverpool is the one song mm. that kind of uh, took yeah. off. They have another song called Hero Takes a Fall. So again, it's like this darker theme. Uh, but but enjoy. Like I said, if you haven't like. This is an album you probably would find it in the bargain bin, right? Because it just what it didn't do well. Yeah, you would right now. Yeah, yeah. In fact, um, I only knew about this because again, the Bangles were with CBS Records, and I, I got I remember getting this thing, and I I started listening. I was listening to this before Manic Monday uh came out, and he, Manic Monday came out two years later, and I was listening to this. I thought yeah. it was, a, but I, they never came close to this album again. 
It was like steady downhill mm. after that. They never. I I don't mm. know why it did. It had a very British type of feel to that album. This all over the place album. Yeah, it did. I'll give you that. I don't know how they got Leonard uh, Nimoy uh, for a video. I don't know how because they were unknown. I don't, I don't know, know how they got Leonard Nimoy. Maybe that's the track. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but I'll put the they Leonard did. Nimoy link in there for I, people who can watch that. It's crazy. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, all right. Now it's ooh the next one, Coop. This is an uh, artist you you have uh, you know. I mean, you probably oh. even know this song. I don't know, but yeah. I just love I love this song, so I put it on there. Um, same category as the Hollies. Um, is it's Nancy Sinatra's "Summer Wine." I've heard this probably more than Carrie Ann. Um, this you can't go wrong with Nancy Sinatra. I mean. You just can't go no, wrong. <laughs> no, she's, no. she's really good, right? So this is a duet she does with someone by the name of Lee Hazelwood. Now, Lee Hazelwood originally mm-hmm. recorded this track uh, from a male vocal, but then they, like like what they did in the 60s a lot is they would always um, re-record these tracks and they do different versions of it. This was a lot more common there. And it, first of all, there's a great orchestral vibe orchestral vibe to this song from start to finish. And then you have Nancy mm-hmm. and Nancy's vocals really are the star of the show here. Um, and not only that, there's a great so Lee Lee Hazelwood I think wrote this song, and it's a great it's a great story. It's just what I love about Nancy Sinatra. She's she's mm. very good at doing the storytelling type of songs. The story is like really cool. Is like um is basically a guy she meets a woman uh, who's actually the Nancy Sinatra character here, um and she notices his silver spurs, invites him over to have mm-hmm. wine with her, right? And after heavy drinking, uh, the man wakes up with a hangover, and he finds his spurs of money have been stolen by this woman. Uh, and ah, he, yeah, that's right. And then he declares longing for more of her wine. So it's a really well-written, it's a really good story behind this song. And I just think Nancy Sinatra's always had a story type of, her vocals and her mm-hmm. style is really good for storytelling. I think she gets this from her father, but I think she's actually a better storyteller than her father. Uh, it's a great song, guys. I mean, the, right. the orchestral sounds in this are just really gonna gonna get to you. Um, and like I said, it's a song I kind of rediscovered with this one. Is uh, again, probably didn't have the appreciation I should have it, but it's a great track, absolutely great track. Oh no, th- I, I love this track. It has yeah. that very romantic sort of vibe to it. Yeah. Um, very western vibe to it almost. This was a. Uh... So Danger Mouse put out a playlist on Spotify. This was on his playlist. Oh, really? Okay. I, I wouldn't didn't, didn't make that connection at all. Yeah. So he put out a playlist on Spotify, and uh, this was on his playlist. Now, when you listen to Summer Wine, you listen to some of the music Danger Mouse produced. There's no, I mean, you could definitely see why he likes this song. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I could agree. But no, that's it's it's a great song. I think. I mean, you can't go wrong, Nancy Sinatra. I mean. Like you said, she can't. You can't miss with her. Yeah. But it's the. I love that song. It's a great song. Now, Coop put on Robbie Williams, which which it, which I know Coop's a Robbie Williams fan. Yes, I am. Should have been. Should have gotten. He should have been the character if they ever redid Saturday Night Fever. It should have been Robbie Williams. Oh yeah, I can see that. But too so late Robbie now. Williams with the track feel. Uh, Robbie Williams from the band Take That, mm-hmm. the uh, UK boy band. Yep. He's kind of in that vein of like oh, I I'll say it later. Oh, I'll say it now. Um, he's in that vein like Harry Styles, that British mold of like ex boy band heartthrobs going solo with like really yeah. big yeah. vocals. Yeah. Like he has a big vocal. Robbie Williams 
his vocal can fill the room, man. Like he's got a big yep, vocal. Yep, yep. Um, my first note is I put drama queen. That's he even is. before I hear the song because I he know is. he's a drama queen. He's a drama queen, absolutely. Now, what I love about this mix and why Coop put this song here, what I love about it is, is he could probably guess that I like Robbie Williams because I like Harry Styles and stuff like that. That's kind of where I went with exactly where I why I put this one on there. But what's ideal about where it's put in the mix, and I don't know if Coop knew this, but he's a genius about where it's put and why it's on here, is that I love Robbie Williams in small doses. I can see that, too. <laughs> I, I can absolutely see that. And I will say this, me, too. So, but, so but, heavy but amount I, of mix I, I, is probably perfect. bigger, Slightly bigger doses than you, but yeah. <laughs> so heavy amount of mix is perfect. Perfect. Uh, I'm not sure I could do a whole Robbie album. Uh, but like a mix on the radio, whatever, love it. Uh, I, it's just it's the the vocal is so dramatic. Like it's just I I don't know. I really love it. I love that whole like big vocal. Like it's almost like listening to like uh, it's almost like listening to a Broadway performer coupe. He's in the very sense much that theatrical. That's that's his style. Yeah. The vocal is so theatrical. Um, no, it's great. I loved it. I love that it was on here. I love Robbie Williams, and it's perfect. A perfect mix song, in my opinion. Perfect. When we did the anniversary shows of Live Aid and Live Eight, um, we talked about Queen stealing Live Aid. Robbie Williams stole mm. Live Eight. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I could see totally. And, and he, this was he did a four song set. Many people will say it's it's one of the it was it was a highlight. He did it in Hyde Park, one of the great venues. And he did this song was the third track he did, and uh, he had the audience captivated. Uh, Robbie has not done well in the U.S. He is really uh, he has not done well in the U.S. I don't think he's had a lot of success in the U.S. In England, it's another story. Oh, England, and I, Australia, uh, man, he is huge. Yeah, he's he is huge in England. I mean, when I went to England. I realized how big he was just, uh, you know, I got, he's on morning. Anything this guy does is like uh, the paparazzi are all over him. Uh, I had heard of Rob. Like I said, I really heard of Robbie Williams going back to live eight. Uh, and then there was talk of him possibly getting the uh, Tony Monero character in Saturday Night Fever. This was like about 15 mm -hmm. years ago. It never happened. Um, but yeah, I think Robbie, I, I am much more into Robbie Williams. Um, he's done some great collaborations too. You can look out there. Uh, but I was curious to see. I, I went with this strictly because of the Harry Styles analogy with this. Why? And I do like Rob. You knew I liked him, so. But I wanted to see what you thought uh, of him. No, it's great. Like and having said, I'd like Robbie in small doses. Seeing a concert of him would be amazing. Oh, like, he I, would be amazing in concert. Yeah, but I wouldn't probably like, like Robbie Williams. I could probably go to a concert and then I probably wouldn't hear Robbie Williams for a few months after that. But, no, but that I mean, me too. But like, he's so dramatic. But that would just be so good. Watch the Live Aid performance, Dave. Uh, go watch the videos of the Live Aid performance because that's what he does. He brings this theatrical element. He's connecting with people in the. He's going out into the audience with this song. He's connect, and he has another oh, song called he's... Angels, which is along the same vibe. But he, oh, that song, he's connecting with it. He's re, he's going into the audience and stuff, and I can see why he connects with, and not just girls. Guys are into this game too. Yeah, connecting with me, man. There you go, Dave. I mean, but I can not. see you going. I can see you going to see Robbie. Well, Rootbox, that song is so good. Like, I'm sorry, but yeah. he's good. Yeah. Anyway, yep. No, but, great, uh, great pick. Excellent place. I'm glad you had that one. Well. Yeah. Yep. 
All right. I'll now this. To- now I want to put some country on here for you, Coop. And I thought you'd like this song. Yeah, and I, I've heard this song before, but again, probably one I haven't listened to in a long, long time. And again, ha- I heard it, but haven't listened to it. Um, I love this track, and and it's called it's Patsy Klein's Three Cigarettes and an Ashtray. How can you go wrong? It's a song about cigarettes, right? But I spoke about. <laughs> I love talking about <laughs> cigarettes, right? It's a 1957 song. Patsy died very young. People don't realize. I think yeah, she died. I think at like 30 years old, right? She died very young, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and this was not a commercial mm. hit for her, right? But it kind of came. It kind of years later became much more of a. Uh, in fact, but the critics, the critics like this song, and it's a simple song. Love this song. It's a simple love triangle song. Is all it is. I can say like there's two cigarettes in the ashtray, and there's a third cigarette in the ashtray. Someone coming along. It's a great song. I, it's just it's a oh. it's a very simple love triangle song. There's nothing deep about this song. No, it's not about like smoking cigarettes, right? I just say, but the cigarettes are the analogy there. And it's amazing that you could write a song like that uh, almost uh, 65, over 65 years ago, and it, it makes a lot of sense. But today, I think, imagine if that came out today, you know, people are, oh, this why are you writing a song about so and so? But but the cigarettes represent the the people in the love triangle is what it does. So it's a really good song. I enjoyed this one. It's, and you know what? It gave me another appreciation to go back and explore this like, country music from 50 years ago 60 years ago uh but yeah it's a, it's a different vibe to it and it's a you know country music has evolved and it's not like it was back in the late 50s for sure no i i i'm i love that song lyrically i love it yep. it's just great yeah yep. all right now th- here's here's the other one that didn't work for me uh is dave <laughs> Donald, F- Donald Fagan. I was shocked. I thought you love this song. This is what I said. Shocked with the, Let me with hear the night fly. Yeah. I said, I have to be honest, I got nothing. Um, not sure why. It just didn't connect as my next note. And then I'm trying to fit maybe it's the vocal, or maybe Fagan. the music was too front up in the mix. I, I don't know, but some it wasn't hitting. It didn't connect with me. And I'll give it another listen, but I I couldn't. I don't know what it was. Maybe the music was too far up in the mix, and the vocal was too far back, and they were competing with each other, or, or what? But I, it just didn't. It's like Sam of the Great for you. Like I should be loving this song, but right, like right. why? Yeah, why, a... why not? Okay. Um, Nightfly. This is the title track off the Nightfly album by Donald Fagan, which was his first solo album outside of Steely Dan. The very highly acclaimed album got. A, I I actually thought it got robbed of the Grammy the year. Uh, actually, Toto beat it out. I I think. Uh, and I actually, right. this, was, this was actually a really good, this was the better album. Um, I thought you'd like the jazzy vibe to it was one thing. I could see the vocals being Fagan's vocals are an acquired taste. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, but taste. I love I love the That's whole like song. Yeah. yeah, he's less the, the Nightfly refers to less to the Nightfly. He's a DJ in Baton Rouge. And this is a song about him being on the air. Um, so there is it's kind of interesting. Um, and it's kind of like his commentary on the air. Uh, but but again, I will mm. say the vocals of Donald Fagan. Yeah, I maybe now I think about it, not your style. I'm curious if you listen to other tracks on this album, what you would think. I'll check out the album. It definitely isn't a Dave um, album. I mean, it would, but I thought the jazzy thing might kind of because this album has a very heavy jazz uh, jazz. Over. That's why this album was so highly acclaimed is he was really bringing that jazz so- sound to the mainstream that year. Well, hey, hey, this is the beauty of the mix, man. You throw stuff out there, like yep. this next song. I have no idea how this is going to go. 
Um, oh, okay. I want to put some Australian music on here. Right. And I'm, I have no. This is a newer song. This is a new song. That I like. I have no idea. All right. I've not listened to yeah. art. The song. The artist is RVG, and the song is Midnight Sun. And uh, yeah, it's modern Australian music. I haven't yep. paid much attention to this, but here's my comment I, I wrote in the notes. <laughs> Punk rock is not dead. This was great. Hey, there you go, Coop. This was great. There you go. Punk rock is not dead. <laughs> we have punk rock in 2023, guys. This was awesome. It Yes, it has a little more of a modern twist to it, but it's very much a yeah. punk rock song when I heard this. it's an, It has an edgy... I'm, I'm really curious if Tripp has heard this song now, right? Because I really would like... I don't know. To, I would like for him to hear this song and get his impressions of this because this this was a great track. I mean, absolutely, I'd go listen to more RVG. Um, now I haven't gone Ooh. back and listened to more RBG yet. Is this this their mantra? Is this something different that they do? But to me, they just seemed like it was a punk rock sound I got from this. Yeah, I mean, so I wrote a review of this song on the site as well. I, I didn't, and I didn't read the re- I didn't read the review when I saw it because I wanted to I wanted to listen to it. So, oh, but I know yeah, you yeah. liked it. I, 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 think, I, back. I mean, it's not. I mean, the album is sort of all over, so it's not really. Indicative of like how the entire album is like, but so yeah, they kind punk. of have been it's everywhere. It's not all punk, is what you're saying. No, I don't, no, but it's 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 not. But they're sort of they're sort of like uh, they kind of go through a lot of different sort of sounds. It's sort of it's kind of this modern Australian music where it's like it'll be the album, but they'll they'll try a, a number of different genres. Like they're not genre specific. Like there is one band I didn't put on here. I should have. There's another punk band in Australia. Punk in Australia is like going off. For some is reason. there like a resurgent? Yeah, because I mean, like I said, there this, is. Was, this was a nice thing to see. Us, I, I would not expect a song in 2023 to come out like this. Well, there's a there's another band called the Chats, uh-huh. which is a three piece male punk band. Right. That's huge in Australia. That their album. Yeah. The latest album is called Get Fucked. Is the name of the <laughs> album. Yep. So, yeah, there's a big punk resurgence in Australia. I'm not sure why. Um, but there definitely is. Uh, yeah, and this kind of... Uh, I'm glad you liked it. I did not know where the song was going to go. No, I liked it a lot. I was like, <laughs> wow. This was another one. It was a definite surprise because I hadn't heard of this band at all and really hadn't paid attention. I remember I'm, I'm in the car with this one. And I'm like, this one hit me right out of the... I'm like, punk rock. I'm like, oh, right, the but, I, did, but I, I didn't know when this was from, right? I, I And then I, I didn't realize it was... When I looked it up, I'm like, this just came out. Like, yeah, this is a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went on the website and I saw it on the website. So it was like all that put together. Now, Coop has a killer final track for looking at album construction. Yeah. Oh, I'll talk about the album it's, construction it's, uh, in a bit. Yeah. I put this last. It's uh, La, La Flavor. La Flavor. By uh, Mandalay. No, the opposite. La Flavor. It, no, opposite. La Mandalay by a, La Flavor. Yeah, yeah, Mandalay by La Flavor. Yeah. It is a killer final track. The bass and groove of this is off the chart. Like I, I don't know this. The album cover of this track is amazing. I, I, I've never. I, I'm sure I've probably maybe heard this. Like it's a killer track. I love, love it. I put killer final track. The bass and the groove are off the chart. Great throwing at a party. Amazing energy with some disco and salsa. Love it. Love it. This I think. This the mix is bookended with probably my two favorite songs off the mix. I'd That's what I tried to, to do. That's what I tried to do. Um, great bookend, Coop. 
Bravo, an album construction. Um, um so this yeah, this is a disco oh, song, but so it has good. a it has the Latin vibe to it. Yes, which is very good. Yeah, it has the salsa in it. So we talk I talked about in the last show. I'm I'm gonna put a soundtrack together for Vegas, okay, of songs. Oh, this has gotta be on it. It is. Okay, so I, I'm gonna talk a little more about it. this will be the first one on there. Oh, right, now, oh. now I put it last because I thought it fit better with the mix here, but what every time I go into Vegas and I get my rental car, because of Mandalay Bay, I've always put this song on. And there's an energy ah. I get, Dave, of driving in the airport down the Las Vegas Strip with this song. I freaking you would. It, it is freaking amazing. But that's why I would put it first on the on the I uh, the PCA soundtrack I'm gonna put. And this will be that. So this is a spoiler. This will be on there um, because I always listen to this song going into Vegas. Uh, is some is an energy to this song like you've never yeah. heard before? Uh, and I play it every year in Vegas um, for years. It's an absolute. It's an. It had very much has a New York salsa vibe to it. Um, it was very popular in New York. I don't know how popular it was outside of New York because because that Latin that Latin feel of disco always seemed. Maybe Miami had it too, but I didn't live in Miami back mm. then. But I'm saying New York was very much known for its Latin. You know, a lot of Dominican and Puerto Rican sound in there. So, you know, mm. and I could see, but you know, I could see Miami as well playing this in Miami. I love this track. I'm glad you liked it. Oh, it's a great track. I adore yep. it. Yep. It's great energy. Um I try to have a good closer for you as well. Something to bring it bring it down a bit. Yes, you did. Um Robert Glasper is an artist I've heard of. Robert Glasper yep. is a a jazz artist who has really mm -hmm. had some success in the Grammys uh over the last ten years. Would you say he's definitely been one of the more critically acclaimed I artists? I would say, especially too, in the last five. Yeah, I would yeah. say is like his peak. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, if you're looking at modern jazz artists that have a little bit of an old school vibe to it, Robert Glasper is that. Um, I not the song's Afro Blue, and its vocals being done by Erica Badu. Um, it, mm -hmm. I loved it. Supper Club vibe is how I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Supper club, smoky, smoky sucker club mm. in the jazz club, you know, having having a, a, a cocktail, uh, watching the show. Erica Badu does the vocals on this, and she's mm. fantastic. Because he collaborates mm. with a lot of vocalists. Um, fantastic. He does, yes. Yeah, fantastic. And the music is really good. I mean, it's like I said, I had not paid any attention to Robert Glasper. He's, he's been someone I, you know, I got to put him on once in a while and, and here. Uh, it was a different type of closing track. Cause it was a, you put a softer, but I thought it was a great closer to this to this mix list as well. Um, mm. It kind of just kind of settled me down. You know, ACDC kind of cranks it up at the beginning, and now I kind of have this softer landing. Here. <laughs> but it really, really, I mean, if you have, if folks haven't checked this track out, I'm going to definitely do some more Robert Glasper listening because I'm sure he's, because uh, like I said, the foundation, the musical elements in there were fantastic in there. So it's not just the vocals. Yeah, no, I'm glad you liked it. I, yeah. uh, it is modern jazz. Like what you're talking about with hip hop kind with uh, reggae trying to bring in more hip hop influences. Yep. That's what Glasper's sort of doing with jazz. Yeah. yeah. He, his latest stuff, he collaborates with a lot of hip hop artists. He also collaborates with Kasami Washington um, and does some amazing jazz stuff. So yep. if people are kind of interested in like, well, where's sort of jazz headed? He's, he's kind of like your modern, yep. your modern jazz, I think. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, great. Modern yeah. jazz, but, but kind of very much to the jazz roots. This is an artist I really would like to get Matt Ty and, and see what his thoughts are on Robert Glasper. 
uh, yeah. as well. And he's I mean, like I said, he's doing a ton of collaboration. Yeah, I want to listen to some more of it and kind of report back, find ways to report back on Jukebox. So maybe I'll do a couple of like bonus tracks with with music, some of the newer music or just bonus tracks. I'm very intrigued. I, I can see why he's getting – just from listening to this one song, I can see why he's getting a lot of critical acclaim, uh, Robert Yeah, Blasi. he has a series – he has a series you might want to check out called Black Radio. Like there's Black Radio yeah. One, Black Radio Two, and then yeah. Black Radio Three. Yeah. Um, yeah. which which uh are good and feature a lot of great artists on. Yeah. I think this one, I think Afro Blue is off of Black Radio One, to be honest. Yeah, it's a it's off Black Radio but, One. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a couple of Black Radio albums, but this was off the first one. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts. I love making the mix. I love listening to it. It's. Year one, it was what's great about year one is they had that good mix of like stuff I've never heard of, deep tracks with bands I have heard of, uh, and just like a number of different genres kind of hitting all the bases. No, it was great. I loved it. No, I appreciate it. Uh, same with you. You you definitely had a uh, a good uh, eclectic mix of songs. I mean, we have everything from uh, you know uh, Patsy Klein to the X Ray Specs. That's <laughs> so right. we, went, we went right around. Uh, you had some Icelandic music in there, and then you had uh some, you know, like Nancy Sinatra. Uh, you, I think with the hip hop, you you made an effort to. Uh, there was only one song that really I didn't was a miss. Yeah. It wasn't like a bomb or anything like that. Um, no. so I mean, I thought it was a good selection. I um, I actually stayed away from a lot of '80s music with this one. I think there was only two. Mm, maybe I think the yes. Bangles might have been the only '80s one because I didn't think that was really your mm. era of music. So I kind of went around that one. Um, I, so, I mean, I definitely, I'm actually going to try to do this with some newer music with you, uh, to see what I can come up with, with you with that. That's the one thing I think I should have did with this is kind of, um, come up with some, some tracks from like the last 10 years and see if I can see if I can kind of spark you on some of those songs that maybe you haven't talked about, but I stayed away from it because I didn't know how much of that you had heard either. So, yeah, we should. uh, do this again with we could do a decades like ultimate 80s mix yeah we like could do that. yeah we could do a decade we could do you know um a lot of stuff with that so i think there's a lot of um like i said i think part of it was the challenge the comfort zones which is kind of i i put this under that series we're doing but it was a little different um and like i said there was a lot that i want to just kind of do homework on afterwards with this so uh and see oh, you know, great. yeah so it was really it was like i said it was kind of something i thought of the spur of the moment i i texted dave and he was all in on it immediately and then he had, oh, to, yeah. he had his playlist done like when i was in miami the playlist was already done so like this is he did a spotify list so it was great i just put the spotify list in the car when i got there it was it was easy mm. so uh it was like i said me it made the it made the drive a lot better too because uh it was a it's a long drive <laughs> yeah. now where are you at with your cigar there coop this is fantastic. This Macau Black. Um, mm. I think the tour is a little better, but the, but again, I'm smoking this distracted. So this cigar, here's what I like about it: it's a bold, strong cigar with plenty of firepower in terms of nicotine. It the second third of this cigar is the most amazing part. There's this dark chocolate note that you get. It's not broadly. Mm. They're using, uh, I believe, they're using Nicaraguan on this. Uh, or it's, I forget what the wrapper is, and I should remember it. Sorry to the Macau folks. Um, but what I love about this cigar, if you're not, a, if you, it doesn't have a lot of spice, they, oh, okay. they, they come up with a, they came up with a blend that is really good, um, but doesn't have a lot of spice. Now it's not an overly complex blend, is what I'm going to tell you. That's where this may fall down, and these are the Toro, but the mm. the quote Aaron Loomis, this is about the flavor in this cigar. 
It's really it's it's a strong cigar that emphasizes flavor, and it doesn't get like a lot of times these strong cigars will get very spicy in the last third, and, and it, it's clean. Right. It, it's clean. Um, I think the Toro gets a little more chance to develop with the longer lanes, which is why I lean towards the Toro. But this is my first time talking to Robusto. Uh, I think this is gonna be a big hit from the Caliph. Like I said, under ten dollars. I gotta get you this cigar. Yeah, under ten dollars, definitely. And it, I mean, McAuliffe, you say that. I think, and I think, look, I think McAuliffe struggled for a bit, right? I think some of their blends were, um, not the best tobacco. I think their price points were out of whack. Um, they've had some good cigars. Mm. I think there's the potential was there, but I think once you get the good tobacco, the, all the difference in the world. And I think they're, and I, I've talked to them. They've invested a lot in tobacco procurement over, and they're curing and they're aging over the last few years. So this was a while in the making, and I think I know they. I know Dan Thompson was the president. He's a. a I, I've gotten close to him, and I know mm-hmm. he was putting a lot. He couldn't wait for me to try this, uh, and they delivered. Okay. They delivered. I, I'm. I got to get this cigar to you. So, uh, I'm a fan getting... of. Uh, I'm a fan of black labeled cigars, like the 1502 black gold. I love the Tatuaje black, of course. Black labeled yeah. cigars. They, yeah, they, uh, they get me. I haven't smoked the 10th anniversary yet. Uh, I did get those cigars. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to smoking the 10th anniversary uh, release of theirs. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the SNR, the new SNR, I thought was very good. I had that. So, so James is really, I mean, James is just really coming into his own. The last, I mean, this guy's becoming an absolute. And, and what I love about James with Black Label, and, and I want to get to your cigar in a second. He just, not only is he, he's a great artist, he does all the artwork. People don't James does all the artwork on those cigars. He doesn't hire does an he? artist. It's all James, huh. yeah. Wow. And he just he good he on you, gets, James. He 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 does his own blending and he he's gotten better and better at his blending. Um it's just he is a you know, he I think we're gonna be talking about him like when they get to that twenty year anniversary, James Brown's gonna be talked about as one of the great blenders in this industry. Mm. I think we're really going to put him up there with a lot, and he's changed the game in a lot of things. So he's done a great job. He's also got a Brazilian cigar coming out um, this uh, this year. Ooh! So he he has not because he was on our show. He has not played a lot with the uh, with the Brazilian tobacco. That's one thing I'd say he is kind of um, kind of new new territory for him. Um, but he is releasing a cigar. It is called the Poison Dart. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, the Poison Dart. I I don't know if I like the name. I got to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> like I, but I, but you have to know James's image to understand it, right? I don't think it's, uh, but you know, it's Poison Dart is like, yeah, you want to smoke a cigar, but but let me tell you, he's working with Madafin. I can't wait to smoke that. So right, because I want to see his expression now going into Brazilian Madafin, which he hasn't done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I got this is where I'm at with mine. Okay. I got it. I got it. So this is it's it's strong, but it's not. It's very sweet, very nuanced. Like the flavors are quite dialed back. It's not the strongest skull. And, it never was the strongest skull and bones. I thought the cloud maker was actually the which is the white label. Actually, was the stronger cigar. Yeah. So this is a different blend. This doesn't have the one I had with Coop. Was a Mexican San Andreas wrapper. It was uh, one of the limitadas. I think he did off that. Yeah, yeah. Which I like better, but it's still a good cigar. Like I would say, uh, from my skull and bones experiences, like I'd, I'd still be happy to have the cigar. I like the I like the big uh, Ivan. Yeah, it's but it's not the strongest. Red's no. supposed to be stronger than white, 
It's not, and it just ain't even the strongest of the Reds. I mean, it ain't like the uh, Weapon of Mass Destruction or the the Foabs, no, which are strong, yeah. But no, but it's a good cigar. It smokes really well. Uh, like, but like I said, if I compare it to the other Big Ivan, I think I like the San Andreas wrapper better. Yeah, but still, still like it. And uh, we're getting new music here, Coop. Yep. So new music sponsored by um Cigar Hustler, located in Deltona, Florida. Uh, they have a great selection of uh, boutique tried and true blends uh, to try out there, including their own brand, Postani, which the Connecticut's coming out at the trade show. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will be at the trade show. Uh, if you can't get to Deltona, Florida, uh, go to their website, CigarHustler.com, get on their email list and follow them on social media. They get a lot of limited drops and those limited drops. So put them on either on social media and or email. And you want to get them because if you get them quick enough, you'll be able to get cigars like I got the Espinosa 55s very quickly. Like, so uh, mm. you go ahead and do that. So um, now a little bit. So, um, oh, yeah. In your package, there's the new cigar coupe black shirt that you're going to be getting. Right. So the hustler guys on the A Cigar, they have their own podcast, A Cigar Hustlers podcast. Yes. <laughs> So they put they have said they put out a call for the media guys to send them shirts. Oh yeah, okay. So developing palette sent them a shirt. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh oh. Um how about that cigar sent them a shirt? And I didn't send them a shirt. Uh oh. So I reached out to them. I'm like, guys, I gotta get your shirt, right? Tell me your size. Hopefully I have it. Because I just put the order in, right? And I'm not sure. I, I don't order a lot of these shirts, right? They're really for us, right? And uh, but I keep a few yes. extras for like. But, but hey, they're gonna and they. By the way, they wear the shirts on the show, right? They're wearing the shirts on their show, so they got me their sizes, and I was able to give them one black and one maroon. Um, so uh, those cigar those shirts have been sent. Uh, I believe they should have arrived uh, yesterday, and I'm looking forward to them wearing. I couldn't be prouder for those guys to wear uh, our shirts on coop shirts on the um on the show. So. Uh, mm. Before I do it, um, I, I mean, Mike wanted extra large. I'm like, I'm like, that's kind of Mike, small. man. Have you but seen he, yourself, brother? Yeah, but he, but he likes them tight. He likes wearing the shirts tight. He said so. Um, Jesus. So I sent it to him. I'm hoping it fits him. <laughs> you know, Mike. Mike's not a fat guy. He's a big. He's a muscle. No, no, dude, dude. They, I would put it. I need. If he I need a bodyguard, he's my body. He to Hulk out of it. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. So, um. I'm going to tune into the show. They're dropping a show, I think, Tuesday. Hopefully, they, they got them and they wear them. I, maybe they don't, you know, but uh, if I, I know they'll wear them. So I'm glad they got the shirts, and I'm glad I couldn't have been prouder to send them to them. So uh, they also nice. have a new SBC dropping. They do. The, that band is hot. Yeah. Love the and, band. I, and I think another war band is coming. And what they're doing is they're going to stagger the releases, which I think is a great idea. So. They're not gonna release all three mm. at the same time. They they release them, and what they do is when they release their stuff, they actually don't release it to the store first. They release it to the other stores first. No, yeah. So yes. uh, so uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping they'll be at the media compound this year, um, and we'll see them. Oh, this should uh, be sure. Yeah, we're a little further. The problem is the media compound is a little further out this year, so it may be tougher for people to come. So I I mm. I, I, I can't get mad at people um, on that. So, but if not, um. Yeah, but so that's what's happening with Hustler, guys, and that's who uh, we're going to get into the new music segment, of course, the Cigar Hustler new music segment. Yeah, so here we go. So side A, I just I just put up a review of this track. Yeah, so this just one. heard this listen to this track last night. It's Olivia Rodrigo with Vampire. So this is the lead singer off off her upcoming record, which I think the record's called Guts, I believe. Right. Yeah, 
Uh, I'm I'm just gonna double check that. Yes, guts. Going with the one word album titles like sour. Um, so she's going with that. So, um, I love the song. It's moving from the driver's license was a bit about grief around a, a uh, relationship that broke up. This is all anger, baby. Anger and rage. I mean, the track is amazing. I uh, love the track. Um, looks like we could be getting a good sophomore record out of Olivia Rodrigo, which you're kind of thinking, wondering about yep. uh, when she released Sour. Um, but no, it sounds like it's pretty it's it's pretty well done. Um, so if the if the rest of the album is anything to, to, to think about with this track, we should have a good sophomore release, which is good. So, um, you know, I wasn't a fan of Sour, right? But when at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last year, when she covered Your So Vain, amazing. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of potential. I, I think a lot of people, yep. maybe not like that, when, when you heard her do Carly Simon's Your So Vain, the best cover I heard anyone do of that song, by the way. She was amazing with that. Uh, I'm very mm. curious to see what she could do with a sophomore album. So that impress- that was one of the, that was yeah. the high that was the highlight of the um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame next to the Dolly Parton uh, ensemble. Those were the two highlights. So she did a great job uh, covering that song. So I'm, I'm very excited to see what this is. I have not listened to this track yet. So It's a lot like Driver's License, yeah. um, but like a lot more anger, kind of a lot more the back half. I think she, I think she the, needed to get a little deeper with the lyrics on some of this stuff. So we'll see what happens with that. Oh, yeah. Some of the lyrics are so good. Some of them are very cutting. Yeah. Uh, and Side B, got Killer Mike has an album out, Michael. Mm-hmm. And the track I chose is Scientists and Engineers, and it features Andre 3000, Coop. Ooh, Andre. From yeah, Outcast. Good to see Andre. He hasn't been on yeah. a track in forever. Yeah, I haven't heard much from Andre in a while, so when I saw this, I'm like, this is pretty interesting. He also helped produce this track along with some other tracks. So uh, it's great to hear from Andre 3000. Uh, Killer Mike, his, it's his first solo album in a while, and yeah. he has a ton of collaborations on it. So uh, be sure to check that out. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Now, before you go, now, before you go into. Uh, you got bonus. You got, I got bonus. bonus. So, um, yes. Yeah. So Shaggy has a track out with DJ Cassidy and Rayvon, right? <laughs> That's right. And it is the Pina Colada song. But so if you heard the old Pina Colada song by Rupert Holmes, uh, Escape, it pretty much is the same song, but it's called instead of calling Escape, they call it If You Like Pina Coladas. Um, it is a wonderful, wonderful cover of this song by them. Uh, and uh, Shaggy puts his spin on it, but I think he really keeps to the essence of the old song, too. But it is going to have more of that Shaggy, that Shaggy uh, style, you know, little spoken lyrics and stuff. So mm. a really wonderful song. This just dropped in the last day, I believe. So um, like literally it's we're on July 1st. I think this dropped the day yesterday is when it dropped. So I heard about it. I, I said I have to talk about it. Uh, Shaggy does it again, man. Shaggy knocked this one out of the park. I don't nice. know what I album it's on it or anything. That's what the part I'm a little confused on, but I think it may be on a DJ Cassidy album coming up. All right. So you don't think it's on like a Shaggy record? I don't think it's on a Shaggy album. I think it's on a, okay. uh, yeah, I think it's on a, another album. Yeah. Cause he just, okay. he just dropped an album a couple months ago. So album archaeology is Taylor Swift to speak now. So Taylor's version of this album is coming out shortly. So it's a good time to revisit the record. Uh, she's touring. It's early. Re- it's an early record. It's sort of like it came out after Fearless. Um, it's not my favorite record of hers, but it has tracks like uh, "Back to December" and "Last Kiss," which are just great standout tracks. 
she's releasing a Taylor's version of this album. Yep. Um, so it'd be a good way, to, good time to like re reacclimate yourself to the record. Check it out. Taylor Swift's Speak Now. There you go. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got, too. So uh, we will not have a show next week. I will be in Vegas for PCA. Uh, so we'll stay tuned. Woo! That's when the next show is going to be. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll be reporting back to Dave on a lot of stuff for PCA. I'll have the, the PCA playlist uh, put together by the time we get back as well. So I will publish that on the Jukebox site for people to listen to. I'll have some commentary. I'm I'm kind of really into doing this uh, playlist. So uh, hey, I, man. I, I picked two songs already. I sent one of them. I'm not gonna say what the other one is yet, but uh, I have picked two songs already with it. So um, and they're very they're as different as different could be those two songs. So uh, we'll see what they be sure to play. follow. Be sure to follow Cigar Coop during the show, man, for all the news and interviews and media how yep. media compound stories and it's great. Yeah, we're I gonna can't, try. Can't wait. No, thanks. We're going to try to do some stuff on Instagram this year to kind of give a little more vibe of the Ooh. show, which I think we're missing. Um, so, so we'll, you know, not necessarily, you know, we're, we're not doing live interviews. They don't work. Um, and in fact, we yeah. we like doing our deep recaps of each booth. So those will what we'll do is when we get back from the trade show, we start a series which is called the Happy Hour, which I started last year. And Ooh. every day we publish one or two booth visits. So it's a it's a short at five o'clock Eastern time. I'll we'll drop those things in there, and every day you can you can for about a month we'll we'll, we'll go through a lot of those. So, um, and then there'll be daily recaps on the Coop website. There's a contest we'll be running this year if you follow the daily recaps. So, um, we'll we'll drop to and that's sponsored by uh, Aging Room Cigars. We have a gift set, uh, a couple of gift sets we're gonna give away. So, uh, one gift we'll give away at least one, and if we get enough. People have to enter the contest, guys. So I'm not going to give away two unless we have a lot of contest entries. So you're going to have to get to the second clip level to get to the second one. Otherwise, <laughs> I'll, I'll find another way to get, give it out. But uh, but the nice aging set uh, room sets they include a uh, a wireless speaker. Um, there are cigars in this one, by the way, including the uh, aging Ooh. room Quattro, which got number one, and the new aging room Sonata. So there are some cigars in there. So it's not just uh, swag, guys. So thanks to uh, Tobacco USA, Altidus, and Aging Room for those. All right, but we're going to wrap it up right now. That's going to wrap up Primetime Jukebox, episode 103 into the Annals of History for this beginning of July. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, live, uh, have a safe 4th of July. If you're in the industry, have a safe travel to the PCA. Dave, you be safe, and we'll, we'll definitely catch up uh, on the flip side. Take care, everybody. <laughs>